CD Project Red is remaking the original Witcher game in Unreal Engine 5. This is Project Canis Majoris being revealed. And though there's no details about this yet outside of them saying, give us time, we want to make sure we do this right, I am so excited for this. Because undoubtedly, The Witcher 3 was a huge phenomenon. People love that game. It's very well received. But before the mass popularity of The Witcher 3 happened, The Witcher 2 actually was critically acclaimed as well. And though it does not play as well as The Witcher 3, I feel that was the promising start of CD Projekt Red coming into their own. And so it only makes sense to modernize the original Witcher. If you haven't played it, it's a little janky. And though it has a lot of really creative ideas in it, and it's absolutely dedicated to the Witcher story, it's not that fun to play in my opinion. And so I for one completely welcome them remaking the Witcher. It makes complete sense to me. And in Unreal Engine 5, there's going to be less hiccups in the development of this game, and it'll be gorgeous. Let me know what you think of the remake in the comments below. What's going on, guys, and welcome to episode 175 of the Taste Cast, our weekly podcast where we talk about random things in gaming. My name's Seth, and joining me today is Chevy. Chevy, hopefully you're doing well. And I wanted to ask you about The Witcher being remade by CD Projekt Red in Unreal Engine 5. How do you feel about that? If you've heard about it, and if you haven't, I can fill you in. Um, yeah, I don't know full details. I, I just know that, um, or I'd heard that that was being done. Uh, it makes sense to me because that game uh, doesn't play very smoothly <laughs> mm-hmm. so uh, uh i think it's a good idea especially for like newer fans who maybe um, were introduced like specifically like witcher 3 um, probably never even saw the game and if they did go back to play it, it doesn't um hold up i think uh, as well so it's a yeah. good idea for them to try to modernize a little bit and maybe make the whole series a little more cohesive yeah yeah no i agree but yeah yeah um so they're making an unreal engine 5 which i think is smart because it'll make sure that the development of the game runs smoothly obviously with the whole cyberpunk thing Mm. that'll be a benefit for them it'll make the game look really good but i do agree um the witcher 3 is almost the standard of what people expect from the witcher at this point it's a lot of people's first witcher game and even the witcher 2 doesn't play like the witcher 3 and The Witcher definitely doesn't play like either of those games. So um, I remember playing The Witcher back before The Witcher 2 even came out. Um, I think I had seen like that they were working on The Witcher 2, and I was like, oh, I haven't even played The Witcher. So I, I played it, and uh, I thought everything about it was really neat except for the gameplay from what I did play. So I, I am a person who like couldn't play that game for very long because of the gameplay aspect of it. So um, I do think you know we're living in a time where there's a lot of remakes happening. Um, which I don't have a hard opinion on either way. I can go either way. There's good ones, there's bad ones. A lot of people are just like anti-remake or 100% on on board with it. But um, this is a game that actually I think does merit a remake just because it's a game that's a missing piece of a full puzzle that a lot of people don't have and probably don't want at this point in the way that it exists. Uh, if you want to play like the original, it's still there. You can, you can go do that. Um, but uh, to give like an updated version of that, I think it's really smart. Um, but as for details, they didn't really say anything outside of they said they want to get this right and to give them time to do that, um, which makes sense. They kind of said the same thing about Cyberpunk um, with how long they worked on that and still had some issues. But uh, but yeah, I think they, they mean that when they say that. And uh, I'm really excited about it, although I don't think it's that far in development. So 
you can't get too excited for it yet because we haven't even seen concept art, let alone gameplay. Right. So, but the idea of it sounds really good. I'm really excited about the concept of even remaking a game like that. Like, I, I can't think of a game where it makes more sense than The Witcher. So, yeah. Would you have any interest in playing that? No. Starting the, the trilogy from the beginning? Do you think they'll remake the second game? I don't think they have to. Um, and what if I, they make the first one like open world? Like the third game? What about that? Witcher 2 wasn't. Witcher no, 1 and 2 are both linear. Sure, but I, my whole point I was trying to get to was uh, uh, they don't all, all have to be the same type of game because mm-hmm. like, even in like Mass Effect as an example, 1, 2, and 3 all play differently. Um, yeah. So I don't think that's necessarily important. And I think uh, Witcher 2 for the most part is fine. So. Yeah, well, if they keep it traditional and they make it a full-on remake exactly how it was, the first game was linear as well. So. I was just saying if they were to try to modernize it and make it like an open world experience like people expect from The Witcher 3, um, it'd be interesting if they went back and and gave the second game um, a similar treatment. But mm. that's all speculation. That's not, you know, there's no details on that anymore. So, yeah, overall, though, really interesting stuff. And uh, I can't wait to find out what they do with it. Let us know in the comments what you guys think about the Witcher 1 remake being rebuilt in Unreal Engine 5. Are you for it or against it for whatever reason? And, uh, yeah, what do you think about the uh, upcoming Witcher projects that uh, CD Projekt Red has said they are working on? Let us know everything you think about in the comments below. All right, let's jump into what we've been playing. We're talking about what we've been playing in the last week or so. My list is really long, uh, so I'll let you go first, and then I'll try and get through my list as fast as possible. So we got a lot to watch on this episode. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm going to assist with the time aspect of that. I played Final Fantasy fourteen in the last week. And that was it. Um, I played for a day. <laughs> so, um, Just been watching anime? Uh, I've been doing a whole lot of nothing because I just haven't had the energy. So, Yeah. Uh, yeah I've been feeling the last week, too. I don't know if it's like the weather change or what because, like, anyone who's keeping up with the, the channel and the show, uh, you know, you get to find out our our uh, weekly weather reports and a week ago it was smoky and hot out and now it's cold like and wet. it's like fall all <laughs> yeah. of a sudden the smoke's gone but now it's wet and cold and i don't know if it's like the change in that but like i've been like fucking feeling almost under the weather for like a week now yeah um and then yeah just time wise if i don't feel like i have ample time to to play something i won't even turn a game on so. yeah i'm the same way now i used to try and force myself to play something but i'm like i i'm not even going to build and enjoy myself so why am i going to start yeah um so yeah we we raided again mm-hmm. uh we got to try out the second fight a little more um kind of learned a bit of that i've uh, been kind of just doing it with some knowledge, but also kind of just figuring out how to do it our own way because it seems to be a, a pattern forming of whatever strategy is like the normal strategy. We'll try to do that, and it doesn't always necessarily work with the way, like, you know, some of our brains work in the group. Mm-hmm. And we just kind of end up changing some stuff. And then anytime we um, have in the past brought in some random person, they get confused because there's like a way that gets developed by the community, and we're not doing it that way. Gotcha. A lot of time, and so people are like, "Why are you doing it this way?" I'm like, "Because this is how we clear it." <laughs> so, um, so yeah, that's uh, that's been fun. Uh, the other thing I've been doing in the game is they introduced in the last update um, a new dungeon type, 
because the community specifically in the West has been asking for harder four man content and they have released it finally. Hmm. Um, so it's in three difficulties. It's called the variant dungeon, uh, criterion dungeon and criterion savage. Um, the variant is one to four player. Doesn't matter what job you play as there are skills to make up for your weaknesses. So like, let's say hmm. you're a, a samurai, uh, they'll let you basically select a heal spell and a defense buff, you know, that you can bring with you type of thing. And this is supposed to be the casual, get through it, check out the story has 12 different paths you can take. They all have their own little story bits that make one whole story. So you have to run it multiple times, to get the whole story, uh, multiple bosses. Those bosses have variants, thus variant dungeon, um, that like, let's say the first boss, uh, if you go, you know, to this one spot and you click on this item, now his move set actually changes because you interacted with that item on your way there, or you interact with this other thing and the water that was in the arena, instead of being murky and brown, is now clear, and the mechanics have changed in that regard as well. So, uh, really kind of interesting that like, you it it has like that old school MMO like exploration feel to it, and um, I think it's very welcome. It's also nice that it's soloable if you want or four players if you want um and the difficulty will scale depending on how many people you bring <clears throat> excuse me um we tried criterion which is a set static group where you have to fill one of each role you have to have a tank a healer a ranged uh whether that's physical or magical and a melee um class and instantly when we pulled the first set of trash uh i watched the tank's health just go I was like, oh shit, and I had to start healing like instantly. So they ramped the difficulty up a lot on that. Um, so that's been fun to kind of figure out. Uh, but it is kind of one of those things where like there's no randomness to it. So once you learn it, it will become very it. easy. Yeah. It'll always be the same. Um, but it's fun and it is harder. And then uh, you can't use raised spells in there either. They give you one, it's an ability that's separate from your move kit. Hmm. Um, and it can only be used once per character um, during the run. Otherwise, you have to die to get it back um, and, you know, reset to the beginning again. <clears throat> and then the the Savage difficulty, which we're not even at yet, um, there's no raising. You die, you're dead. So, And you have to start over and the bosses respawn and everything. So, uh, And they added all that recently? Yes. It's quite a bit of stuff. It's pretty cool. Um, they also added the new Relic Weapons which is if you're you know know anything about final fantasy is like the weapon that is supposed to be like for your job and it's usually like the very fancy looking one mm-hmm. you know you think of uh, i'm trying to think of a good example now and i've drawn a huge blank anyways it doesn't matter um so the first step of those came out in every expansion they do this you get the base one and then the next patch there'll be a quest line to have a small grind to like level it up and make it a more powerful weapon and eventually it changes in appearance and that happens through the whole expansion to give you something to do. Uh, so that, that, uh, is out now though. The first step's always easy and it literally took like skipping cutscenes. It takes like no time at all. But if you watch the cutscenes, it, I don't know, like an hour maybe, um, pretty short. So yeah, that's been pretty much what I've been doing. I would like to try to get in there and do some more of the Criterion Dungeon because I'd like to uh, 
at the very least get the the mounts um, out of there and the uh, title, you know, for above my character's head. But uh, yeah, time. Yeah, and I feel that. But yeah, it's pretty cool. Also, you can use it to get your weekly tombstones, which is your you know your currency for buying endgame gear and stuff. So oh, that's uh, good. Yeah, There's it, another it, way to do it. It's just a really refreshing take on dungeons because dungeons have become more story focused anyway so they're always like uh these set pieces and sometimes they'll cool the first time they're not good for repeat runs because mm-hmm. you gotta sit through all the dialogue and stuff again you're just like okay okay i just want to like <laughs> you know i'm just trying to get my my tomes to get the fuck out of here yeah so, that makes sense um at least with the other one you know it's different every time you run it there's variables and stuff like that and then eventually you'll learn them all and you'll have done it a million times but um I think it is a more refreshing way to do dungeons and I appreciate that it is soloable. So if I don't feel like playing with people, I could still grind. So yeah. Yeah. sounds like they're making a lot of solo content in that game, which kind of makes sense. Cause I feel like a lot of people who like to play solo games, but want to play online with their friends are going to be attracted to final fantasy. Uh, 14 so well the good news too for solo players is the base game the first expansion um the third expansion and the current expansion all are like even the dungeons are soloable now they have npcs that'll run with you um Hmm. and the second expansion is being worked on right now so then at that point the entire game if you just want to experience the story you'll never need to play with anybody if i ever uh have the itch to play an mmo no, I shouldn't say ever, but if I <laughs> when I get the itch to play an MMO again and have the time, I should probably hop back on there because that's one of the things that always kind of held me up a bit in that game is uh, getting to a part where I have to run a dungeon, then like you know waiting for when people are you know all able to hop in and do the dungeon with me, which is never a big deal. A lot of you guys are really good about like just wanting to go and do that shit, but it always feels weird having to like stop my progress to depend on other people. So, and I'm sure I'm you know speaking outdated at this point, but um, cause it sounds like they've addressed that. Um, yeah, so that's cool because that's, uh, that, that makes the progression feel more seamless because that game is very story based in terms of your progression through the game. So well, specifically from the first expansion onwards, the NPCs that come with you are ones that are relevant at the part of the story you're at too. Yeah, so. that's good. And that kind of gives it the single player final fantasy rpg experience that we've been talking about for years that it pretty much is already so um it's kind of cool that they've embraced to that i'm sure they designed it like that from the beginning anyway but yeah they um, basically the 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 mindset is maybe you didn't you've never wanted to play an mmo before but you mm-hmm. like final fantasy games you can still play it and maybe you'd be interested in some of the multiplayer stuff if not yeah come back when the next story comes. no it's out. really smart because this yeah. is a this is the 14th final fantasy yeah. It's not Final Fantasy Online. It's Final Fantasy fourteen. Mm-hmm. So if you are a diehard Final Fantasy fan, um, they probably would like you to play one of their Final Fantasies. Uh, not just for monetary reasons, of course, but uh, you know, because they've decided that this is one of the, you know, now soon to be sixteen Final Fantasies mm-hmm. in the mainline <laughs> stories. So Yeah, and they're thinking about it the future too with this stuff and and what I mean by that is like, you know, Dragon Quest ten as an example is an MMO in Japan only. Um they are getting an offline Lame. Dragon Quest ten that is I think almost done now. Lame. Um so that people play that. so that people can play it. Um online. No, not online. Yeah, I want to play it online. Oh, well that's you'd have to 
uh, get a Japanese account and I'm sure there are plenty of translations out there at this point. But, um, and then with 11, um, they had originally, they were partnered with, I think Nexon and they were making an, an offline like mobile game for it. Um, but I think that went, fell through. So, um, but they are trying to figure out like, you know, how to preserve these games for future players. So mm-hmm. which is good. Yeah. Especially if they got that hard number in them. They should uh, not be uh, locked behind uh, a server and uh, your willingness to have to depend on people. I'll say if there's anything Square Values, it's uh, Final Fantasy and Dragon Quest yeah. uh, and the numbered ones specifically. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. Yep. So I'm playing. Nothing else? That's it. Got to play Super Hot. I need to play it before we film this weekend. Yeah. And with that, I want to remind people that your PlayStation Plus games this month are Hot Wheels Unleashed, Injustice 2, and Super Hot. I have played all those. I won't be talking about those, but I will be talking about those this weekend for Plus Club, so make sure to come back for that. And our game of the month this month is Ready or Not. You guys picked it, and that's what we've been playing this month. I would like to play it one more time before we film, and that will be either Sunday or... No, 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 not Sunday. Monday or Tuesday that game of the month will be coming out so if you have any interest in playing it ready or not or if you've played in the past look forward to that conversation and with that the games i've been playing one of them is ready or not i can't talk about it because we're going to talk about it on game of the month but uh worth mentioning our first round we ever played with you we approached a gas station opened the front door and you got blown away Didn't instantly. Didn't even open the front door. I yeah, looked the, under it with a camera. The yeah. NPC opened the door and shot me. Yeah, I looked in the window and I saw guys running at the door. I'm like, there's a guy coming. And as I look over, the door's already open and he shot you. And I was like, that's a great introduction to the yeah. game. Kind of showed you the uh, the gravity of what we're dealing with here, though. But uh, come back and we'll discuss that on Game of the Month. Okay, so games that I can talk about. I got a lot of them because I uh, it's, it's October still. And I've been making a point to play scary games. I've played a lot of spooky games this month, and I'm going to go over them briefly, hopefully. Okay, so I've returned to Phasmophobia. Uh, Been having a blast playing that again, in case you don't know what that is for some reason, because it's not on consoles. It is a up-to-four-player cooperative. Yeah, it's really weird. That game should totally be on consoles. Um, It's an up-to-four-player cooperative uh, ghost investigation game where you go to different locations, like houses, campsites that are brand new to me, um, schools, all sorts of stuff, uh, really spooky locations, and you take equipment and you investigate ghosts and you have to identify what the ghost is, and if you do it accurately, you get rewarded for it. Uh, They've added things uh, like secondary missions that you can do that you can still get rewards even if you get the ghost wrong, so that's kind of cool. And uh, they've added a lot to this game since the last time I played it. I haven't even played it since, uh, since Apocalypse came out, which is... I don't know if it's an expansion or just a patch or a DLC, but this thing came out that had a bunch of content. I stopped playing way before that. So coming back, uh, the hub in the beginning is completely different. It's huge now, much better looking. Has all these like fun activities. Has like a trophy chest or a trophy case where like there's cursed items in every level now, and if you find them, they end up being in your case. So you have like this collection, which is really cool. A uh, little Easter egg where you look in a window and this circle will show up on the ground and like all these like dudes in robes show up and then they do some weird stuff. I don't know what the point of it is, but it's a thing. Um, and they have doubled the ghosts that this game has since the last time I played it. Literally doubled. There's a lot of things to try to figure it's out. It's crazy. Um, so much so that most of the time we've played and we've played quite a bit in this last week, 
Um, I almost, we have not ran into, we ran into like three of the original ghost types. Like a couple times. And everything else has been like the new ghost types. So like, there's a lot of them and a lot to work with. A lot of replayability because there's like so many ghosts now that when you go in and you have to guess what they are, it changes the experience every time. You can play yeah. the same house over and over and over again. Um, and, and it'll always different be different. Around, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because if you don't know, uh, the game's locations change where the haunting starts. Some of the ghosts will change where they haunt uh, from one room to another. Um, and then, yeah, the ghosts can be completely different with different um, uh, characteristics that, that uh, you know, make a difference. So um, anyway, I'm not going to talk about Phasmophobia too much. It's been out for a while. I'm sure a lot of you guys have at least watched streams of it. But been playing again. Forgot how much I love that game. It's so good. Um I definitely recommend it for anybody who hasn't played it and thinks it sounds interesting. Um, so let's get that off my list because I got a lot of games on here. So uh, related to Phasmophobia is a game that I bought a while back. I forgot. Somebody recommended it to me. And I was like, okay. And I bought it. I have not played it until last <laughs> night. I, I looked through my Steam installed games all the time. And I'm like, I've never played that before. Because when I bought it, I installed them. I'm like, I'm going to play that. You got a couple right now. I, or like I barely touch like Neon White. I need to yeah, like, actually happens play. all the time. So uh, finally, I was looking at that. I was, I was playing with uh, Boom Men, which I'll talk about in a sec, uh, with Josh. And uh, I was looking through a list and I'm like, Ghost Exorcism Inc. I was like, have you, have you played that? He's like, no. And I was like, hmm. I looked and I saw it was on sale. So I bought him a copy and we hopped on there. So Ghost Exorcism Inc. is very similar to Phasmophobia. Um, it's also more janky than Phasmophobia, which is wild. Um, essentially, you're ghost hunters. I would say you're ghost exorcists. Obviously, it's Exorcism Inc. Um, there's equipment. You load up your van. You get in your van. This game has a lot of physics. You can like pick up almost everything. Um, you go to locations, and so you have to start an investigation just like Phasmophobia. But in Phasmophobia, you try to survive the night and then leave and get the info, and like you got proof. That's the point of Phasmophobia. You're like, oh, it's definitely a poltergeist. Uh, in this, you're supposed to exercise the ghost. So you do the investigation while trying not to get killed by the ghost, and there's multiple chances. Sometimes the ghost will like drag you into a different room or like uh, knock you out or do something, and you wake up. But if you get damaged too much, you can die. Um but once you've figured out what the ghost is, there's only three of them so far, um, you have to exercise it. And each ghost is exercised differently. Um, we weren't getting this at first. We were just kind of like doing what we do in Phasmophobia and it wasn't working out. Finally, we, we understood. And uh, yeah, so you have to do certain parameters to figure out what kind of ghost it is. Once you get these parameters, it starts narrowing it down. So like you walk in a room, it's like, did you get negative temps on the, on the thermometer? Uh, no. Okay. Next thing. Uh, is there writing uh, anywhere in the house? Is there drawings on the walls or anything like that? You find that you're like, okay, that's there. You check that off. As you narrow that down, it starts building up your exorcism list of things you have to do for a type of uh, uh, ghost. And then at that point, it's like, you got to find, I forgot what they call it, dread origin. I think is what they call it. It's like the location of where the, the haunt started. You have to find the dread origin and then you have to do certain things there. So like one of the missions we were on, where it was creepy. The first time we ever played this, we heard stuff up upstairs. We heard like the boards creaking. Me and Josh go up there and we both have like flashlights and all sorts of investigative shit. We open the door and there's like a translucent woman sitting on the floor. And I, it was like, 
Uh, she's right here. And he's like, what? And he like looks in. I'm like, she's around the fucking floor right there. And she like turns and crawls at us. I run down the stairs instantly. I'm like, <laughs> fuck this. She like drops Josh. I, I play phasmophobia. So I'm like, oh, he's dead. He comes walking. He's holding his gut. And I'm like, what happened? He's like, she dragged me off. I'm like, you're alive? He's like, yeah, she, she fucked me up though. I'm like, okay. Oof. So he drank something. It heals him. And instantly, there's a like a Ghostbuster style like laser gun thing in this. Okay. He drops all of his equipment, walks in the RV, comes out. He just has the laser gun, and he just walks in the house. I'm like, you're just going straight for the gun now. <laughs> like, you got fucked up one time by an old lady, and now you're just gonna go shoot her with that. Sometimes that's how it is. It should have been that way, but then he got fucked up again because we're in a room. The lights got blown out, and he started just shooting it. And she came over and beat his ass again, and he lived. But uh, but yeah, anyway, what we didn't realize is you. That tool might have not been for her exorcism. Oh, okay. So you got to find what what what's needed. So anyway, as we learn the game, um, there's one where like we saw a head flowing through the house every once in a while. It's really weird. We find out it's a uh, I forgot what they called it. It's some it's called a memory. I think it's just like a a, a memory of a, a person. It's not like a entity that's trying to hurt us. I don't know. But uh, it was like you got to throw salt in the dread origin. You got to take a picture of it. And you got to read in this book, like this verse, because it has a, it listens to you talk, so you can talk to it on a, a spirit box, stuff like that. And you got to read this thing, and if you do it in the right locations, it'll exercise the ghost, and then you win and leave. Okay. So um, that's pretty much the big difference. And uh, me and Josh went from like laughing at the game because we thought it was so ridiculous, like that first mission where Josh was just getting his ass kicked left and the left and right, and like she wouldn't even touch me. I was like, why is she just beating your ass the whole time? <laughs> Uh, we went from that to actually figuring out how to exercise the ghost. It ended up being pretty fun. So um, definitely uh, an interesting take on the popularity of Phasmophobia. A lot of games came out after Phasmophobia that really were trying to capture that. And uh, it's it's a pretty cool idea. Pretty cool idea. I, um, I just like that they there's like an end game to it. Like you got to like fight the ghost almost. So it's kind of a cool thing. Uh, on that note, I also have been playing another game that is similar to Phasmophobia called Boom Men, uh, that, uh, you play as burglars, burglar, burglars, um, and essentially you're going to houses to rob them. Like both characters are dressed up like cliche, uh, burglars and you have masks. And as you get money, you can buy new masks. Josh has one that glows in the dark. Um, very stealthy. Yeah. Yeah, he looks like Splinter Cell. I see him. He just has green glowing uh, mask on. I'm like, God damn. Um, but yeah, so you have to go to a house and you have a list. It's like flat screen TV, guitar, iPhone, all, all sorts of shit. Painting, uh, sculpture, all sorts of stuff. A stack of vinyls. But there's a ghost in the house. And you don't know what ghost it is. There's different kinds of ghosts. And the ghost is essentially trying to kill you. Um, the game constantly tells you don't steal from ghosts. It's like, don't steal from ghosts. I'm like, well, I never would. I, that's not. Who's planning it's, on something from a ghost? It's morally gray to me. Yeah. Like, fuck them. Especially when they're <laughs> killing us. Um, so you have to get all the items to leave. If you don't get all the items, you get killed. You don't get the money. But if you get all the items and you leave successfully, you get the money. Um, and yeah, it's got four ghosts. Uh, one's called Edith. It's an old lady. Um she hangs out in the shadows, but she's able to turn light switches off. Uh, ghosts can't attack you in the light. That's oh, a okay. that's an important factor of this game. And depending on the difficulty, you can have uh, 
one light on, two lights on, three lights, or four lights at a time. And if you have over that amount that you're allowed to have, the generator will, or not generator, the breaker will shut off and you have to go turn it back on. So it's stressful because you're trying to like manage these lights being on while looking for things and there's just a ghost roaming around the house trying to kill you. And it seems like the further on the list you get on all the items you're grabbing, the crazier the ghost will get. So you're kind of like fighting against that. Um, so yeah, Edith will uh, walk around. It's creepy because you'll look out in the dark rooms and you'll see her like kind of passing by and stuff. Or sometimes she'll stand right outside the light and just stare you and her eyes glow. Um, and yeah, her thing is she can turn lights on and off. And then there's uh, the dude we always run into called the Scav, who's a dog man. I don't know why there's a dog man haunting a house that people are robbing. Um, I don't like know. a kobold? Yeah, kind of. I mean, <laughs> I, he's not a werewolf. I don't know. Um, I don't remember his ability. But he just chases after you a lot. And he's really fucking annoying. Um, there's a little girl who's like the grudge. Like, you know, the ring. She like crawls around, stuff like that. Um, and then there's a dude who's like a giant fucking troll giant thing. He's like huge. And when he walks, the whole house shakes. Which okay. is really weird. But you cannot run him. So if you get in a situation where you're running from him, he'll catch up to you no matter what. Um, that game's pretty underbaked, undercooked, but it's pretty fun. It's a cool foundation. I'd like to see them build upon it. But yeah, that's booming, and it's like, I think it's like fucking $4 or something. Wow. So um, definitely check it out if you want more Phasmophobia-style games that aren't as good as Phasmophobia yet. might become that. Um, let's see. Already said played ready or not. Can't talk about that. Uh, played a game called from the darkness. This was recommended to me from somebody on TikTok When I asked, uh, on YouTube and TikTok what scary game should I be playing? Someone said from the darkness. They're like, it's $3. I was like, okay. Um, and it's a really scary game. It's, uh, it's, it's pretty impressive. It's like a $3 game. I think it was made by Russians. I don't know. Cause it seems like everything's Russian in that game. Um, and uh, the game is essentially about you going to your grandpa's house who's deceased uh, and getting a photo album. And when you go up there, you get locked in his apartment and deal with all sorts of scary shit that happens. Like this giant dude, shirtless dude, who fucking like breaks light bulbs and like sneaks around the house while you're trying to find this album. And you're just in the dark constantly and it just gets crazier and crazier and crazier until you go to hell. And then you're able to escape the apartment. But, uh, I, you know, spending $3 on a game, I, I, I had some fun with it. So I uh, definitely recommend it. I don't want to spoil it too much, although I kind of told you everything that happens in it. But I played From the Darkness, and uh, it was interesting. Let's see. Also another kind of janky horror game that I played uh, that I'm seeing a lot of people playing these is uh, Inside the Back Rooms. I've seen clips of Backrooms games for like a while now, and I thought they're all like weird Gary's Mod things. I didn't understand that that was like a thing. And then Sarah brought up that there was a multiplayer horror game uh, about the Backrooms. I'm like, I don't know what that is. So I went to search on Steam, uh, typed in Backrooms. There's like eight games on Steam alone, all made by different people. So I'm like, what is this? I thought they were all like maybe in the same series, but I was like, wait. People just make all these backrooms games. I don't get it. Look into it. I guess it's like an online meme of like people getting pulled from the w- real world into an alternate dimension called the backrooms, and everybody's making games based off that. It's almost like a meme turned into, you know, a genre. It's really interesting. 
So anyway, uh, in my research, I found out that the game Inside the Backrooms uh, is a well-received uh, Backrooms game. It's a four-player co-op, which definitely um, has me interested. And uh, yeah, it's really fucking crazy. Uh, you pick a character, and they have an intro. I picked a homeless woman. And it just shows a scene where you're walking down the street and all of a sudden these flat things are appearing around you and you pass out and you wake up in the back rooms. Um, Josh played a police officer, I think. I don't remember what his intro was. But uh, you start out and you're just in like this endless labyrinth of like hallways. And there's these arrows pointing around. You got to run around there. All you hear is like, I forgot what kind of lights those are, but that weird like, like fluorescent. Yeah, you can hear like fluorescent lights. That's the only sound you hear in this game. Um, once you get past the first floor, which is just empty, um, there's more of an ominous sound going on, but you're figuring out these puzzles and they're randomized because I've played this twice now and they've been different each time, which is good for replayability. But as you run around, there's like these smiley faces on the wall that if you stick around for too long, you go insane and then they kill you. Um, there's dogmen. Just not the same kind of dog men as in boo men, but like an actual dog with a man's face. Oh, okay. And those will chase after you and they'll murder the fuck out of you. And then there's these weird, uh, I, I think I was calling them scribble men. It looks like a, like, a, like a stick figure, but it's all weird looking. And they like scream at you when they chase after you. And uh, yeah, we played that for a little bit, me, Sarah, and Josh. Um, I think we got to the third floor, and when we played, there's only four floors. Somebody told me they added a floor recently, though. Um, so we got to the third floor, uh, got stuck at a part where there's a birthday party, where we had to pop balloons, and then we got stuck in a small maze where there's a monster walking around that was just killing us instantly if it found us. You have to find presents constantly to try and get out of it, and then once you do, you're just in a huge dark room, and you look down, and there's tape on the floor, and it's and it's like a, a maze and you can't walk over the tape. So it's like invisible walls. And the whole time the monster that was just killing us was like in the corner sleeping and there's like a timer and we had to like blow out these candles and shit. Okay. And uh, we didn't get past that part. We got fucking wrecked, but uh, it's a really bizarre game. It was actually pretty fun, even though kind of, it was kind of frustrating. Um, I liked it. So I don't know if I'm like on board to buy all the backroom games though, because I I've heard I looked up reviews and people were saying that uh they vary in quality, so I guess this is one of the better ones. But yeah, inside the backrooms, um, if you're looking into backrooms games and you've heard about this one and you're thinking like, oh, maybe that one's good, I would recommend it. It's cool if if that's what you're looking for. Um, let's see. With the announcement of all the Silent Hills that are happening, there's like. 500 of them that they're making over at Konami. Um, They are remaking Silent Hill 2, which I don't know how to feel about because the nostalgia in me is like, holy shit, that's amazing. But then the rational part of me is like, Konami's fucking in charge of that. And Bloober Team's making it. And Bloober Team's not really proven. So I don't know if I should be excited about that. Mm -hmm. But with that, I wanted to kind of educate myself on Bloober Team because I don't really have a whole lot of frame of reference for them. I've played Blair Witch, and I fucking hated it. Um, So that's one of their games. Um, But they made the Layers of Fear series. They've made Layers of Fear 1 and Layers of Fear 2. They also made a game called Observer, which I thought looked really cool. It's like a cyberpunk game. Um, And they made The Medium, which is a game I wanted to play. 
uh, but have not played. So anyway, I already own Layers of Fear 1 and 2. These, these are some games I have installed that are just like sitting there. And I'm like, I'll play those at some point. And I finally got around to playing Layers of Fear, which is supposed to be a four-hour game, but I beat it in two and a half hours. Um, in which you're in like this uh, old, almost like haunted house of like some dude who had a daughter and, and a wife and he's like a painter. You're kind of unraveling the mystery of, of that character uh, as you go through. And the game is essentially, um, there's not a whole lot of choice or freedom. Uh, you wander around the house, you follow the story. It's very linear, but there's a lot of creative jump scares. A lot of creative stuff going on in it. A lot of things that I was like, oh, that's actually pretty neat the way they did that. A lot of creativity, but gameplay-wise... I couldn't see myself playing it again because it's literally just like walk down this hallway, something spooky's gonna happen. I'll go through that door, and when you go through that door, it's a dead end. You gotta turn, open the door. You're in a whole new place. Oh, there's a window you can look through. Oh, all of a sudden you're through the window. Oh, that's weird. Uh, just weird shit that's constantly happening. But uh, but as a one-time playthrough, I thought it was a really cool experience. So um, I guess I'm fifty-fifty at this point with Bloober Team because uh, I did not like Blair Witch. I thought it was horrible. Uh, I actually streamed that. There should be that on this channel if you're curious about my reaction to that game. But uh, Layers of Fear is cool. And uh, I'm going to play Layers of Fear 2. I guess that's like a five or six hour game. So that'll be an easy run through. And uh, we'll see if Bloober Team has what it takes to recreate arguably the most um, loved survival horror game ever. That's a big undertaking for somebody to do. Um, all right, two more games. Both online versus games. I bought and played Ghostbusters Spirits Unleashed, which is the Ghostbusters game made by Ilphonic. And this is Ilphonic's best game, easily. It's, this just feels like a normal game. feels like a normal dev made this. There's no weird things about it. There's no weird design. There's no, like, uh, running at, like, 18 frames per second. No weird glitches. No weird lag. Uh, it just works. So I'll give that to Ilphonic. Good job. You made a standard game, and I'm proud of you. There's no um, dancing in front of Jason? No. <clears throat> Although it would be nice if there was, because that's probably one of the best things about that game. I actually really like that game, but it was not made well. And then playing uh, Predator Hunting Grounds, um, that could have been cool, but uh, it's like they worked on it for a little bit and then just gave up. And then what was the Osmosis Jones game? Do you I remember the name? I that one. Well, we played on Plus Club. That doesn't mean I remember it. Yeah, I forgot the uh, <laughs> forgot the name of that one. But uh, oh, Arcade Again. That one was made pretty well. It had some weird things to it though, like quest markers not disappearing after you took the quests and shit. Um, so anyway, um, uh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so anyway, this is uh, their Ghostbusters game. Uh, they got like Dan Aykroyd and somebody else. Uh, to do voice in it, so it's definitely got like a budget and a license, and the, I don't know how these guys get all these licenses. Yeah, right. um, they just paid two fifty on Cameo for some voice lines. Maybe, maybe they did. Um, and yeah, so this is a four v one game where you play as either the Ghostbusters or a ghost that's haunting a place. Um, you get to make your character from the ground up, which is really cool. You get to change their body, their head, their hair, all that stuff. You get to pick their clothes. Um, it's all Ghostbusters stuff, but you get to, you know, change the colors, change the outfits, all that kind of stuff. And then um, 
you essentially there's a little bit of story which is kind of neat i wasn't expecting that because it's ghostbusters so i think they're trying to like please fans of the series um so yeah there's there's a couple like story mission type things mostly just training stuff but then you play the game and you go on missions which are essentially just like uh locations you go to like a museum you go to like something else I forgot what it was like a restaurant or something i, was, like, I think it's like a mall or something and so these locations are being haunted by the player who's playing the ghost. I think there's like three ghost types. They're going to add more. And essentially their job as the ghost is to haunt the place. And there's like a meter that's growing. And um, they're going around. They're they're haunting like, um, like chairs and items all over the place. And that's just kind of building that up. You can also uh, go into them like prop hunt and like hide if you need to. Otherwise you're kind of flying around. And they'll have a special too. The one I played could turn into a tornado that knocked everybody down and slimed them and it took them a while to recover and while they're down you could break their um I forgot what they're called but like their battery pack for their guns mm. so they had to kind of get back to you know playing again and while they're you know, they're doing that you can like um go haunt more um so anyway that's what the ghost is doing and they have three rifts that the ghostbusters are trying to destroy before they can dispatch the ghost and the rifts are essentially um, respawn points. Uh, if you if they capture you before the rifts are gone, you respawn on a rift, and I think it uh, uses it up. Um, so they're trying to get rid of those until they can finally get rid of you. Um, so from their end, they're finding these rifts with the I don't know any of the Ghostbusters lore uh, names for anything, but they essentially have a, a mechanism that. Uh, points them in the direction of things they're looking for. Okay. And you destroy the rifts. Um, it's like a little box with the two antennas at the top? Yep. Okay. Yeah, that thing. And uh, you destroy the rifts. Whenever you're under the ghosts, you know, you try and capture them to, to respawn them. Some of them will have, like, extra ghosts they can cast out. They have to fight. Um, and then finally you hunt down the ghost. And uh, you – it's kind of neat. You, like, shoot him with your uh, ray gun um, but if you hit them for long enough, you'll tether them. And when you tether them, you're able to pull them around and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then you actually kick your trap out. Okay. And then you have to press another button to open the trap. So very faithful. Very faithful, yeah. yeah. And then you have to tether them into the trap. Yeah, above and, the light or whatever. Yeah, and when they're getting sucked in, they have a chance to try and fight it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, if they don't, they get sucked into it. And if they have rifts, they'll... they'll um, They'll respawn, but if they don't, you capture them and you win. Um, and it's kind of neat. So, like, uh, when you're doing certain things, like, um, I was playing this one guy that every time I was trying to take out a rift, uh, he would come up and attack me, which was smart. Because I was, like, sitting there shooting this thing. And every once in a while, these, like, little critical spots will pop up on the rift, and you have to move your cur- cursor over to that. To, was it rust? Kind of, yeah. <laughs> and he would attack me every time I was doing that. So the second time... Uh, I kind of caught wind of that. I like before I started shooting the rift, I kicked a trap out and just opened it. And then I started shooting it. And when he showed up, I hit him and started pulling him. And he just tried to run away. And I just pulled him right into the trap because um, I knew he was going to do the same thing over and over again. After that, he didn't do it again. Um, so, yeah, really simple but effective. It plays well. It feels good. It feels like Call of Duty and like how it plays. Like it's really like um, responsive. And, uh, and tight, the way it plays. Um, like I said, the gameplay is, is simple, but I almost like it because it just allows you to get in and and devise you know pretty simple tactics, but 
there's different ways to play. You get upgrades for your equipment to change it the way they, like you can increase how quickly you tether someone or how much damage you do to them. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's on Epic games and not on steam. It eventually will be on steam. And I thought a lot of people agree with this, but I thought, I thought it for a second, that would be a death sentence for it, but it's also on console and it has cross play, which is very smart of them. If it didn't have that, it would be dumb for them to have done that because multiplayer games on Epic don't last. Yeah. Um, there's just not the community there. Minus Fortnite. Sure, yeah. yeah, but that was already like established. Mm. That I mean, Epic Games Store came like after Fortnite. Yeah, they're like, wait, we're making all this money. Let's let's expand this. Um, so yeah, crossplay really smart. I'm playing with people on Xbox, playing with people on PlayStation. Um, so it's really good. And uh, the way the game plays, it's not really a huge advantage to be on PC. I mean, I can look around quickly, but like we're not playing a shooter, so you're right. just pointing the tether at them and. It's all about the group tactics. So, yeah, it's uh, it's it's pretty cool. It's not amazing, but um, I think Ilphonic deserves some credit for making a game that uh, I don't got any complaints about. Like, they did exactly what they should have, and it's a fun game. So, um, yeah, I would recommend it. I think it's only 40 bucks too. So, um, check it out. Assuming they could keep the license and keep working on it. <laughs> Given their track record, yeah. I, uh, they got to stop grabbing ips and just make an original fucking they sh- game man. well they did that with arcade again i think although it's i swear that's an osmosis jones game um and then lastly i'll try and keep this quick uh i played i keep talking about this over on tiktok people are like how are you playing it i played resident evil reverse which comes out i think technically today not the day of filming but like your friday today. friday your today yeah um the 28th it comes out but I guess it's been an early access for people who bought it originally, and I forgot I even had it. It either came with Resident Evil Village or came with Resident Evil 3 Remake. One of those two games I got this with. I think it was Village. I think it was Village 2. And so that's kind of crazy because that came out a while ago. Yeah. And I got to play a beta of it a while back, and I thought it was really simplistic. I play it again. It's really simplistic. It feels... If this would have came out in the state that it's in now, when Village came out as a tacked-on multiplayer version or mode um, in Village, I would look past it as like novelty. But that it's a standalone game they've been working on and they're releasing independent of Village, I'm really confused. So, in case you don't know what uh, Resident Evil Reverse is, it is a deathmatch. There's no game modes. It's just deathmatch. What you what you do is you pick one of the characters that are characters from the Resident Evil series. There's uh, Jill Valentine, Claire Redfield, Chris Redfield, uh, Hunk, um, Leon Kennedy, and maybe somebody else. I don't remember. You pick one of them. They'll have their own guns. They have their own main gun. They all have a secondary like pistol. And then they both have, or they all have uh, two abilities apiece. And they are their own abilities, but that's it. And so you pick one of those characters, you're locked into that character. You don't get to pick a different character. Uh, it's not like Call of Duty where you can change the loadouts mid, mid-match. Um, you get put in a match. There's two maps. There's the uh, Raccoon City Police Department and the house from Resident Evil 7. And uh, you run around and you shoot at, shoot at each other. And when you kill somebody, they turn into a monster. 
and then they try to kill as much people as they can, and then when they die, they're dead and they respawn. So it's a death match, except for you get to be a monster the first time you die. The monsters all have their own abilities, uh, which is fun and interesting, and there's vials all over these deathmatch maps that the more vials you grab, the crazier the monster you get to become, like Nemesis, Tyrant, stuff like that. Um, and I'm really confused by this because it's just a deathmatch. There's no team deathmatch. There's no game modes. There's two maps. There's plenty of characters, and they're all interesting, and there's different monsters to play. Um, and there's perks you get to unlock, which is interesting, but they're all like, you have more HP. You do more damage. So it's just like the longer you play, the stronger you'll, you'll get. And anybody else who's still playing is also just going to be stronger. And anyone who's new is just going to get wrecked. So it's just like, it's it feels so out of touch with like what any online versus shooter should be. This feels like something that would have came out on like PS2. Okay. With how simple it is. And they have a roadmap. They're going to support this. They're going to add... They have four updates coming out. And each update's going to add new characters, which is cool to see. New monsters, which is cool to see. No word on game modes. So just like new characters to play as. Um, and some mission types? I don't know what that means. So... Oh, and maps. They're going to add maps too. So yeah. Over, overall, it's it's a kind of fun game. But there's nothing to it. It's like it's almost insulting to spend my time playing it because I could play almost any any shooter online and it's a more robust game. And I'm not saying this game needs to be like on par with every other shooter that's out there, but like it's so behind. It's like when the Order 1886 came out and it's like a gorgeous game, but it played like a PS2 game. It's just a cover shooter. That was it. There's nothing to it. Um, this feels like that. It's like you got the characters. You've put the work into making these monsters and uh, you know, have Ada Wong do like a backflip kick thing and like a backwards backflip thing where she shoots a, a arrow that blows up and shit. And there's nothing else to it. It's just deathmatch. So I don't know how much longer I'm going to play it. I played it out of curiosity because something had reminded me. It's like, Hey, you, you have reverse. You can play that right now. I was like, okay, I, I guess I'll play that. I forgot that was even a thing. And now I played it, I'm like, who's this Who's this for? It's like for anybody to hop in for like an hour and be like, oh yeah, that's kind of fun and just be done with it. But like they're going to support it. It's like, you think people are going to stick around for this? Modern Warfare 2's out. As of now, happy Modern Warfare 2 day. And you're going to fucking, you're going to expect people to play this? It's wild. It's wild. But with that, uh, the Winter's expansion came out for Resident Evil Village, and I want to pick that up because I fucking love Resident Evil Village. And they added the third-person mode, the uh, Winter's um, expansion stuff. It's like a story where you play as Ethan's daughter, um, stuff like that. So that's exciting. But not Reverse. So, yeah. That's what I've been playing. All right. In case anyone's curious, I'm looking forward to playing Modern Warfare 2. So I will uh, play that and let you guys know what, what I think of it. So, yeah. Anything else? Nope. 
got nothing that no. uh, that you were keeping from us? All right. Let us know in the comments what games have you guys been playing. Uh, what are you looking forward to playing? What games would you recommend us play? Let us know everything you're thinking about in the comments below. All right. Let's jump into the videos we got to watch today. And those videos, that is, that is the right thing. Those videos are the Final Fantasy 16 Ambition Official trailer. This came out like a week ago. Um, and we haven't watched it still. No. We've been we've been or saving ourselves. Or any reactions to it or anything. I've been just kind of dodging it. So this will be fresh for us. But then the Resident Evil event happened where they showed off Resident Evil 4. Mm. I've seen a little bit of that, but not fully uh, everything. So we're going to watch that and talk about it. And then we got God of War, Ragnarok, uh, Combat and Enemies Elevated, uh, PS5 and PS4 games. I don't know why it says that at the end. Um, and we should talk about the combat and God of War because that's coming out soon, which is wild. The year's almost over, and they're going to release a game this big. Um, they'll be Elden Ring's only contender for game of the year this year, I think. Um, yeah, so Final Fantasy 16, we have gotten by not watching this. This is an almost five-minute trailer for Final Fantasy 16. Um, yeah, I game- saw the reaction videos were like pretty long, and I was like, what the hell? So... Yeah, we're going to add to that. Yeah. Um, this is a game we're both excited for. Yes. Um, the last trailer we watched was really good. Yes. Um, so I'm hoping for more of that. And uh, yeah, I'm just really excited to check this out. You got any thoughts on this before we watch it? I mean, I don't even know what thoughts to have on it. I, uh, I'm already buying the game. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm curious what. I mean, Ambition seems to me like maybe this is a storyboard trailer, which is fine because like the story is pretty vague i heard so somewhere far. i think it's twitter somebody called it the story trailer okay so i assume that's what it is okay yeah because we've gotten a little bit but it's been pretty vague we we kind of just know that there are countries and they have their own icons and mm-hmm. uh there are people who are vessels of these icons and that's what i know and the yeah. main character uh is Ages. a kid and then he's older so. yeah which is interesting mm-hmm. i always enjoy like a saga or chronicle of, of characters. Yeah, they kind of flirted with that in 15 as well. So Yeah, and I liked that too. So um, I'm all for it. But we should watch this, okay. and then we can talk about it. This is Final Fantasy 16 Ambition Official Trailer in 3, 2, 1, go. It has been 1,500 years since the fall of our forebears. And Valisthea has been slowly dying ever since. Almost further now. But we're in the middle of the Deadlands. The blight sucked this place dry. Meaning no trees, no birds, and no magic. Darkness spreads as day it's looking like a like a finished game at this point. The mother's yeah. flame now all but a flicker. We cannot live without the blessing of the crystals. And the crystals work their magic through us. You have been blessed, Joshua. But who shall claim their fading light? The Grand Duchy of Rosaria, bastion of tradition. At the very least, we must secure Drake's breath. The Holy Empire of San where ambition is divine. The Imperial Banner shall fly over every city in storm. All shall bow before their emperor. 
the Dalmechian Republic, whose fortunes shift with the desert sands. And what of our wise rulers, goaded into war without any thought as to what chaos it might reap? The Iron chaos. Kingdom, forged in faith and fear. Their souls were sullied with the stain of ether. I merely cleansed them of their good. corruption. Yeah. Or the kingdom of Wulud, indomitable in its isolation. The dark swallows more of the realm with each passing day. And as the fringes fade, the people flock to the mother crystals. From a single spark, will the land ignite? In the year 860. The Imperial mm -hmm. Army will march upon the And from the slaughter shall a new shadow rise. To fall upon the dominance, painting their destinies black as night. That kid's fucking going through it. Ability to summon beasts of great might should command respect, but instead has left us outcasts. And so I became their puppet. What makes them think they have the right to use us? To leave us to die when our bodies are spent. I'll crush him! Shit going on. Who shall bow to me? Very well. Come then. Show us the strength of your will. Rise, ye crownless kings. A reckoning is upon you. A war of the icons. Is that for me? Damn. <laughs> Like that was 30 seconds. Holy crap. Yeah, that was fucking wild. Kept looking at it. I'm thinking of it like, you know, all the other JRPGs that have been coming out lately. Oh, did you see uh, Star Ocean? It's getting like decent reviews. Uh, I knew it came out though. Yeah. I've been seeing like sevens and stuff. They're saying it's oh, good. It's great. Yeah. Anyway, um, seeing all these like JRPGs coming out, stuff like that. I'm seeing this and I'm like, oh, it's like another JRPG. And then I'm like, looking, I'm like, this is like got a budget and a scale that's crazy <laughs> and mo capping that's really good and seems really epic. And I keep reminding myself, like, no, this is like, this is Final Fantasy. Yeah. This is Square's baby. Like, fucking, it's, it looks like it. Like, watching that trailer, it seems like a big story unfolding. I don't even know what's really going on outside of, you know, the stuff they told us, but, um, I got a sense of scale in this trailer that we didn't get in the last trailer. The last trailer was like blips of really cool looking stuff and, sure. and the the summons and stuff like that, which was awesome to see. But this showing like locations, the different people that live in these locations, these crystals that they all live next to. 
which is wild massive yeah uh really sets like a visual style that like i'm not seeing another final fantasy game so because every final fantasy always there's thematics yeah there's there's no no no, there's things that are shared across the board too but like there's they always feel different oh yeah they do a really good job at making every single final fantasy feel different and this is a fantasy final fantasy which is awesome to see them return to um but it looks and feels so different in that in that scale but yeah so anyway seeing the different locations seeing the different people these locations and then seeing like the finale of it where we're seeing like the combat and the magic that was crazy looking and like the voice acting which sounds good to me yeah the faces look good too um uh i don't know it's a really good trailer i'm really hyped for this um long story short the budget the scale everything about it just seems like a big jrpg for sure. The thing that's also like really impressive to me about this too is like it's Creative Business Unit 3. And if you're out of loop on that, they're the ones that make Final Fantasy 14. So it's the the same studio. Um though Yoshi P's not the director, he is like the head producer of this project. The director, I think, worked on Heaven's Word expansion for Final Fantasy 14, which had a very dark tone as well. So very good mix mich- mix and match there of uh of people and then like the music's soaking who does the whole soundtrack for i don't know how they had how 14. any of that team had time to work on this they've been hiring non-stop for like two years hmm. so they're still hiring now every time they do a live letter uh which is their uh talking to the community live thing yeah. they always remind people they're like if you have skills and you can speak japanese apply so all the time so I like how they're funny if you speak Japanese. <laughs> it's the, that is one of the requirements. So, but uh, back to this though, like uh, I love, and they did this a lot in fifteen as well. The scale of of summons or icons are just insane, like beyond <laughs> uh, what you you would kind of think when you play old Final Fantasies because they're usually like they're bigger, but they're like. You know, maybe twice the size of a person you know, mm-hmm. type of deal. Unless you're thinking like the real crazy ones like Alexander or Knights of the Round and stuff like that where, you know, they're massive. But like every one of them, um, when the summon itself is there, otherwise it looks like they just kind of like use the ability of the icon to, to fight, which um, I know we've gotten hints in, in last trailers that the main character can kind of like use all of them, mm-hmm. which I think will be kind of a neat um, way to expand upon the combat system and, and like have move sets and stuff like that. The settings are really cool. It reminds me of a lot of things, to be honest. Um, yeah, I keep seeing the joke of game of Thrones, so it does kind of have that vibe. Yeah. Um, I get a little bit of final fantasy 12 feel, but I know, um, Yoshi P is a huge fan of, of final Fantasy tactics and final fantasy 12. He actually looks up to the guy who made those. Um, so, that's uh, probably a lot of influence there. Is that Ivalice? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of that, but also it doesn't, which I really like. Like, it has... It's a more vibrant world. Yeah. Which I'm digging. Well, and the the whole political feel of it is why I kind of get the Game of Thrones and the Final Fantasy XII yeah, yeah. vibes of it. Uh, not Final Fantasy XII, but the Ivalice vibes of it. Because mm-hmm. um, those are more, like, political tales. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then them actually making a rated M game as a Final Fantasy title is awesome. Yeah, um, I'll be curious to see how they do that. I know it can potentially hurt sales, but I mean, it's it also allows them to just make whatever story they want. 
which I think is super important. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, well, we see blood fly over that kid's face. Mm-hmm. There's like a naked chick in the background. We'll see a naked chick or naked anybody, but like there's a mature theme going on there that reminds me of like Witcher, or Game of Thrones. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm just excited. I already, I already love the team. You know, Final Fantasy 14 is my favorite Final Fantasy, and you know, it's got those talents working on this. Yeah. And it doesn't even feel like Final Fantasy 14 outside the mm-hmm. music. I can pinpoint a mile away at this point. <laughs> well, and when he's standing on that, like, platform with that boss swinging at him and you see that like colorful effect when he jumps over it that kind of looks like an mmo to me like an mmo fight except for the jump aspect of it but uh besides the actual like devil may cry you know combat guy doing the combat yeah um which hopefully they nail the combat but it's looking cool so i have no worries but it could you know be bad right 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 don't want to over uh, setting expectations is high, too high. Yeah, I don't want to just be comfortable with it, but yeah. look, it's looking good. And the story could be bad. Could I ha- be. I've not met a Final Fantasy that I think had a I, bad story, but yeah. it could be. There's so. just better stories than the other ones, but yeah. I've never played like a bad Final Fantasy. Yeah. Uh, story wise, um, I did have my disagreements with 15 until I beat it, and then I loved it. So. Um, yeah, that just suffers pacing issues. Pacing issues, and they experimented, uh, and I a think it, I think it I think it hurt it. <laughs> in the early aspect of the game yeah. but later in the game it makes up for it with feeling more traditional like final fantasy so mm-hmm. uh, hopefully they learned from that with this but you also have a team that's been working on a really successful mmo so you better look at forspoken for that tidbit of learning so yeah well <laughs> i have been looking at forspoken and my opinions on that have uh shifted um but i overall think it looks good at this point outside yeah. of the story um but this is looking fucking awesome I'm like 100% on board, sold. I have been, but this trailer just pushed that even further. Um, Big takeaway is the world looks awesome. The locations look awesome. And I really am intrigued by what is going on in the story. And I want to know the inner politics of all these different factions and uh, how these characters uh, played their part in that. But uh, but yeah, it looks awesome. I'm fucking, I can't wait for this. And I got to wait till summer of next year so. It's going to be a little bit of a wait. That's fine. I got a lot of games to play. So I got got a war to play soon. So uh, glad this isn't coming out anytime soon. For sure. Yeah, that and I mean, if Star Ocean is, I don't know if it's out on PC. If, I wonder if they're doing the same thing they did with Valkyrie because I was waiting to pick up Valkyrie on PC. I don't know. Because that's coming out in November, even though it's technically out on console already. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm curious about that one, but the Star Ocean one getting decent reviews has me pretty interested because i i like the older star ocean games i too but the last one sucked and then i heard for a while that the <laughs> the more recent iterations were not good so i'm like i'm yeah. not gonna play some shitty jrpg because if a jrpg is not good it's wasting my time because they're like it's like expecting you to hang out for like 40 to uh 100 hours and unless, if it's not your persona then it's a, yeah yeah it's yeah 100. <laughs> yeah but what's a bad persona true. but i get what you're saying true, true, true. um but I've played some like bad JRPGs. It's like you want to play for sixty hours. I'm like, not really. That's a lot of time, dude. You need to be good if you want me to stick around that long. So, yeah, yeah. Anything else? That was um, that was a treat. Was, yeah, it was a good trailer, and uh, I'm very happy to say that. It's funny going into 15. I remember watching trailers for it, and I was intrigued. But I was looking at the graphics, and I was like. It doesn't look that good. Like the designs are cool, but like I could see like aliasing and like things are popping in on the screen because they try all these new things, like open world stuff they've never done before in the way that they did it. 
but watching this i'm like it looks it just looks good that's fine like i'll take that so uh, i'm not entering this final fantasy the same way i'm entering I, I entered 15 a game i end up loving anyway but i had my apprehensions and with this i'm like no that just looks dope so that was super fair anyways because the development hell it went through so. exactly yeah i'm actually surprised i got through it and went like no that was a good game like they they, they saved it because some of the stuff i'm like this game did suffer for sure yeah. you can kind of tell in some of its design some of the world's kind of like vacant nothing's going on the whole middle of the game is but is gameplay only yeah exactly <laughs> but when the story's hitting it's like oh no so somebody wrote a good story though and they're able to convey it so yeah. you just got to get to that part and with this i just don't i feel very confident in what they're doing it just looks like a more confident game so i really like the character designs too they look cool yeah all right, well, let us know in the comments what you guys think of the Final Fantasy 16 Ambition official trailer. Is there anything you noticed in this trailer that you want to bring up? Uh, what are you most excited about with this? Um, maybe you're not excited for this. Maybe there's something about it you're like, eh, you know, I like Final Fantasy, but this isn't really doing it for me. Um, maybe you don't like Final Fantasy at all. Tell me about that. And, uh, yeah, what did you think about this trailer overall? Let me know everything you think about in the comments below. All right, moving over to Resident Evil 4 Remake. Now, they did a whole event on this. We originally were going to watch the whole thing, but they talk about Reverse. They talk about the Winter's expansion, uh, all that stuff. And we could talk about that, but uh, if you guys want to see that, I'll just do a separate video on it myself. But um, I feel like we have to cover Resident Evil 4 Remake. It's a big deal, and uh, I'd like to watch this all the way through. I've watched a couple clips, so um, it's about as far as I've gone. But, uh, yeah, before we watch this, uh, I love Resident Evil 4. The original one, even though I do think it is the fork in the road that destroyed uh, Resident Evil. <laughs> so it's like really weird. Like it came out. It was really fun. It was a great game. But it took Resident Evil in a direction that Resident Evil should not have went in. We're on course correction now, though, and they're doing a great job with it. But long story short, big fan of the original Resident Evil 4. Um, at the time, it was like a really big deal. Everyone loved Resident Evil 4 when it came out. Uh, there was never a third-person shooter like it. It kind of defined the future of third-person shooters, uh, the way it played. So with that, um, I'm really excited to see what they do with Resident Evil 4 Remake, um, especially with what Capcom's just been doing with all their properties lately um, outside of Resident Evil 3 Remake that I didn't think was that bad, but a lot of people really hated it. Um, I just think they're going to knock this out of the park. So um, I'm really excited to play it, especially with uh, you know the new engine what they did with Resident Evil 2 Remake, which is just phenomenal. I expect big things from this. And uh, it'll be really fun to play through that story again, see how they change it, because I know they do little things to kind of modernize it and uh, see what kind of new gameplay mechanics they add to it. I did see uh, blocking a chainsaw with a knife, which I uh, thought was very interesting. That's a new thing. Where You remember the chainsaw guy from 4? Yeah. Yeah, now when he attacks, you can block it with your knife, but it'll break the knife. So we'll see. Have you seen anything on this? No. Oh, cool. So we can uh, we can watch this and you can see it for the first time. Um, that's where I stand with this. And yeah, I'm just super excited for this. But um, I don't remember if you played Resident Evil 4. I dabbled. Because that was like back in the GameCube era when you would have yeah, played that possibly. I, I tried a little bit. Yeah. I, I, I'm, not a, I'm not a big, like I'm not fond of these games uh, to play them. I should specify. Yeah. Um, but Resident Evil 5. I played a co-op game with you yeah. that happened to uh, exist with some True. Resident Evil paint on it. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't scary. I was just a third-person shooter. Um, and it was fun, but yeah, I, it's not the same thing. I, mm -hmm. you know, I have, I have a huge respect for Resident Evil, and I, I like um, specifically in the earlier games. Like, I, I thought the the story was kind of neat. Um, 
and I've seen most of Resident Evil 1, 2, and um, I've seen quite a bit of 4, actually, uh, through various people playing it, which is kind of weird. Um, I had an ex who really loved it. You've played it. Um, I know other people who've played it, and I've watched bits of it. So, um, you know, to super simplify, you know, uh, Secret Service babysitter trying to get through fucking bug people, pretty much. Yeah. So, um, yeah, uh, I am interested to see what it looks like though. Cause it was like you said, a GameCube game. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, this is another game. It's like, yeah, this remake makes sense, but said of resident evil two and three, cause they're older games. So, and I, everybody, everybody always talks it down, but I want a resident evil remake. Like the original one that people are like, well, they remade the, re-. yeah. On GameCube. Yeah. So fucking let's get, you saw what they did with the resident evil two remake. Let's get a Resident Evil remake like that. That'd be amazing. Why wouldn't you want that? Um, and then also a real quick tidbit. Uh, people have been saying they want a Code Veronica remake, which I think would be cool. But uh, Has it existed outside of the Dreamcast? Yes. Okay. I think there's been re-releases of it. Gotcha. I don't remember, though. Gotcha. Um, let me know in the comments if you know the info on that. But uh, they said that they have no plans to make one, but the director's open to it. I see. So uh, it could happen, but I would really like a Resident Evil remake. If you're going to be doing this, you're going to be remaking the whole thing, two through four. Let's let's do one. That'd be. I want to see that mansion in fucking modern graphics, third person. That'd be amazing. They could even go as far to um, the probably make more sense to sum separately, but they could just do a, a a zero and one combo deal too. They could do like a little prequel chapter mission before. Not like a little because it was a full game, but yeah, they could like put it all into one game. A bundle pack thing, yeah. Yeah. Although, if that would affect the development of the first game by putting on the zero on that, I would rather them just not put zero because zero's okay. Sure. But I love the first game. Um, that That was my first Resident Evil, so I got a deep love for the first Resident Evil. All right, so we'll watch this, okay. and then we can talk about it. This is the story trailer. We also have a gameplay video we're going to watch of this as well. So this is the story trailer in 3, 2, 1, go. From what I've seen of this, it really seems like we're getting that attention to detail that Resident Evil 2 remake got. You're here looking for someone? Maybe some missing senorita? Oh yeah, and they changed his design too. Ashley, where are you? That's a huge skull. Yeah, it is. Your soul requires cleansing. Ashley Graham, are you in here? Just let me go. Listen. Her voice is less annoying. Here in the president's orders. And... What is that? What do we do? The last lambs are Just a little more dress. We need to go. She had a little like sleepless. Top of the spirit before. I'm gonna get you home safe. Well, you can stop I said, right fly there. These days anyway, so. Yeah. Nita. Well, it also looked a little. What are you doing here? Too stylistic for somebody. This looks a little better. Ashley, run! Ada always looked different. 
question. The entire world shall overflow with these grains. What's happening to me? <laughs> now, abandon your body. Leave okay, the girl. this looks so good. She's lost no matter what. Now that he has chosen death. Oh, you gotta be kidding me. Twitter, I see all the time of just different characters from this remake, and they're all holding guns while talking. And it's like, why does everybody in Resident Evil just point guns at people when they talk to them? Because the world sucks, and you never know when you gotta shoot someone. Guess so. All right. Uh, well, we got to watch a gameplay thing, but uh, thing video. Uh, but those are really good trailer. Um, got me pumped. Uh, see a lot of familiar faces and faces that uh, I know are certain characters from the original that looked very different. Uh, I forgot the guy's name, but the little guy it showed in the trailer towards the end uh, in the original game, he just looks like a, like a little boy who's old looking. And in this, he like actually looks like an old man. So that's probably a more appropriate uh, version of him. Um, but yeah, the graphics are great. The cinematics look awesome. The voice acting is really good, which is great because um, that's that modernization you want from a remake. Um it's cool to see like Leon looking like the Leon from Resident Evil 2 remake. It has that continuity feeling. Obviously, we had the PlayStation Resident Evil 2 and then the GameCube Resident Evil 4 uh, Leon. And uh, you just go, oh, yeah, that's him. But now he's got like a, a bull cut or whatever the fuck. Um, but in this, you know, it looks like that character. So it's, you know recent enough that it feels like it is a continuation of, of Leon's story. Um, Ashley's redesign, I think, is good. She still looks the same, but she she looks like she has some dignity. Um, has a better voice, too, which is nice because her voice is annoying in the original game. Uh, Ada is uh, looking like Ada, but also looking like uh, a version of Ada, like you said before. She always kind of looks different every game. Um, but she does look like the version from uh, Remake 2. So. Gotcha. That's good. And uh, I'm seeing a lot of the major set pieces from uh, the original one, just in much better graphics and done way better. So um, that's really exciting. And uh, I can't wait to play this. This looks really fucking good. I I, it's so nice to look at all these Capcom games and go just like, Capcom's just like really fucking making good games right now. It's so fucking nice. Uh, even the new Street Fighter, I'm like, I want to play that. Um, from what I've heard from people who've been playing like the early builds of it, it's a lot of fun. So it looks really good, um, and it seems like they're adding features, like you know, be able to make your own character and everything. So really cool. But anyway, this is looking really good. It's looking like Capcom right now, and they should be making a fucking Lost Planet. Um, Do you see their most sell- selling games huh. that they released recently? Resident Evil is their most profitable. The second one is Monster Hunter, which is cool. I'm actually surprised. I guess I shouldn't be surprised because Resident Evil is known by more people. Yeah. But Monster Hunter like blew up so much and Resident Evil kind of piddled out for a while. Yeah. I was kind of expecting Monster Hunter to be higher, but it's not, I guess, super surprising. Anyways. It might have been for a little bit because when Monster Hunter World came out, it was like selling like hotcakes. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, which is funny because I'd love to see those numbers before World came out. Because I feel like Monster Hunter probably wasn't their second most sold game um yeah, but maybe in japan i don't know um but here there's definitely like a niche crowd now it's like a household name um i think street fighter is number three three or four but surprisingly uh, i think number five was like mega man 
Well, they keep re-releasing it constantly. Yeah, but I'm like, you guys going to make one? <laughs> like, I, I am looking forward to the Battle Network uh, bundle that's coming out on Switch. It's all six games or something like that. Oh, really? So, yeah, and those were DS games. I'm so out of the loop on what's happening with Switch. I still need to pick up Xenoblade Chronicles 3. But yeah, anyway, uh, I'm very pleased with this trailer. Uh, it's looking exactly like what I want. So uh, did you get anything from this? Obviously, you're not going to play this, but uh, what did you think of it? Yeah, I mean, it's hard for me to have like a, you know, a good opinion in the regards of like you know someone who wants to pick up the game. But from my takeaway of it, at least, it's a very good looking game. The characters are recognizable to me as well as someone who has not played the games. Um, I do think all the voice actors sound really good, which is something I uh, I keep bringing up a lot because a lot of, in the past, especially, and maybe it's just because yeah, I'm, I'm older, <laughs> but. Uh, listening to English voices used to be really rough because mm-hmm. they just didn't, it wasn't like that. We didn't have the ability to do it. It's that when games were brought over here and they paid for English voices, they didn't put a lot of um, effort into doing that. And so we just kind of got thrown together stuff and the actors could have been great, but I don't think the direction was. Um, and so you got all these really weird uh, voice acting things in the past. And like lately, all these companies bringing their games over here and getting English voice actors, they're getting really good talents. They're, you know, they sound really good in their games. And- well, the interesting thing about voice acting in video games is video games at one point, even in the 90s, were viewed as like toys. Yes. They're like novelty. Yeah. And as voice acting entered games, it was like, oh, it'd be cool if they make sound effects when you punch them. Every once in a while, they'll like, you know, say their catchphrase or something. And then, like, later they started having, like, sentences. But it's like, who do you hire for that? You're like, oh, we're looking for someone to talk in a video game. Oh, like those weird toy things some people play with? I'll, I'll do that. How much? Oh, like, 100 bucks. Okay, I'll do that. And then they come in, they say some lines or whatever. And that, like, evolves into, like, oh, there's, like, a business here. You can get paid to do voice acting. And it starts legitimizing it. Because yeah. there there's, like, that midway between, like, when voice acting video games was horrible. And it was just accepted because everyone was bad. And up until now, where people take it very serious, as serious as acting. Yeah, for sure. Um, There's a mid-range where, like, you could tell that the actors were, like, trying to be committed or whatever, but, like, still kind of came off flat. Um, Yeah, which I blame direction at that point. Yeah, me too. I feel like it's a delegitimization of, like, they probably weren't paying them much. They're probably like, okay, that was fine. Let's move on. Um, but now it seems like everyone's on the same page. You have directors of games who want the voice acting to be really good. You have voice acting as a job being a legitimate thing that people strive to do. There's people who only do voice acting. Mm-hmm. Um, and people are committed to that and people are probably getting paid appropriately. There's a lot of lessons learned, like the dude who played uh, Nico Bellic um, in, uh, in Grand Theft Auto 4, mm-hmm. who got criminally fucking underpaid. Um, all these factors that have finally gotten to the point where it's just more common to hear decent voice acting in like any game. Because right. There's well, an ecosystem. And I and I my my main focus was focus on that was like specifically you know, things we're importing, right? Mm-hmm. Because um you know, you you'd hear like the Japanese voices and uh, there'd be less like weird, awkward pauses and stuff like that. And no, I don't speak it. So I, I don't know if they're actually like being super good, but it sounded better. Um, and one of the big factors of that is like hearing emotion in people's voices. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause you could tell the original director who had the idea was directing that. And then when it gets brought over um, until recently, 
you just had people who were trying to mimic that instead of trying to add, you know, or bring emotion to it. Um, well, and as a human, regardless of if you can understand the language or not, and obviously there's characteristics of what they're saying in their yeah. language that you're going to pick up on more if you speak the language, but you can tell if someone's emoting and they're, mm. they're not. So if you're listening to someone speak another language and they're going, blah, 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 blah. You're like, oh, okay, they're picking up, they're getting lower. But in, then if you listen to some guy in English and he's like, hopefully this isn't, isn't Chris's blood. Like yeah. that's, yeah. It doesn't matter if I understand their language. I can at least tell that that dude's excited, scared, blah, right, blah, blah. Right. He's screaming. Like, and, yeah. and so, like, lately I've seen videos where, like, they'll take a character in a line and they'll have, like, seven different, you know, regions of which the product is released in. And they'll have the line in every language. And I'm like, that's amazing that, mm. you know, all seven of them. I don't understand, you know, six of them, but <laughs> it sounds good. Um, yeah. It's just come a long ways and it's really refreshing. And I was very much reminded of it here because mm-hmm. all the voices were good. Um, just like the final fantasy trailer we just watched, all the voices were really good. So, and I appreciate that because this is effectively how I intake stories these days since people don't make movies anymore. So <laughs> true. Yeah. Everything's uh, if you want, if you want cool stories, you got to play video games or watch anime. Or, or watch, audiobooks. Or watch an A24 movie or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I'm sure any younger person watching this is like, why are they talking about voice acting? It's fine. It's always been fine. It's like, no, 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 no. There's a whole history that we're coming from. We're fucking, we're almost boomers. Um, uh, yeah, I played games where the, the talking noise was... Yep. I was around when they weren't talking in the games. Um... All right, well, let us know in the comments what you guys think of the story trailer. And yeah, we're not done yet, though. We got to move on to the next video, which is the extended gameplay of Resident Evil 4 Remake. This is a five minute video, and we're going to watch it and see how the game is played. Mm. Um, I know about the chainsaw and the knife block, so uh, that's exciting. But than that, um, yeah, we'll watch this. Ready? Yep. All right, three, two, one, go. I'm most excited about this because, well, this video, because the original Resident Evil 4 was like an awesome game, but at the time I played it, it was just fun. It was such a fun, like Resident Evil was like always scary. You're like, oh shit, I'm almost out of ammo, like this is getting really hectic, but like Resident Evil 4 was like a fun shooter, which was wild. Um, And so just, you know, re-experience that in a more modern way. Anyone home? Is this the original house? from the beginning? It's gotta be. It looks like they've changed it. I'm excited to play Village again in third person. That's wild. Very dark. I should replay Resident Evil 2 Remake. It's October for another couple days. Hey! Not that that should be the only factor. Yeah, I've just been using that as an excuse to force myself to play scary games. I read you. But. What's your situation? The hell's going on? I know a lot of people had no issues with uh, Leon in the original Resident Evil 4, but this seems like a lot more of a grounded version of that, which I really am happy about. 
no fucking way. True. He's gross. He's juicy. He's a juicy boy. I wonder if he'll be able to stealth around. That would be cool. Since it has some of those like open areas you you have to fight people off in. Right. Bruce. This is Gondor One. Hunnigan here. What's your sit rep? The president's daughter, Baby Eagle. It's likely she's in this village. Our intel was correct then. Well done. Something's happened to the people here. My escorts are. Gotta go. Talk later. Damn. He's fucking out of there. That guy came in swinging too. Like, there was no hesitation. Ah, oh, this place. This is a famous fucking demo. Uh, I played this over and over again before the game came out. God damn. Sorry, Cap. Yeah, apparently the dog in the original one that was alive is dead in this one. I'm not feel upset about it. We were like, I'm not gonna play that game and kill that dog off. I'm just like, I'm serious. I'm playing a game with a bunch of dead stuff. I think how in Resident Evil is always like a thing that just takes bullets like the, the dad in Resident Evil 7 or whatever. He's shooting, he just walks anyways and he's Well, you kill him multiple times and he comes right back. It's funny because in my brain I'm like, yeah, this is what Resident Evil 4 has always been like. I'm like, no, the original one does not look like this. Damn. He's fucking fine, dude. He didn't give a shit. Dude, dude, you can see his eyes. Jesus. I didn't realize dude was a samurai. Fucking love it. Alright. What do we think? Um, I mean, it seems familiar while also seeming modern, which is good. Mm -hmm. Uh, seems pretty smooth. I mean, there's some like, you know, mechanical, you know, things happening in the animations, but, um, it's not even remotely a big deal. Uh, the blood effects are pretty crazy, but I'm sure that's, you know, the engine as I, I didn't really watch the other games. I watched you play a little bit. I think of, uh, village, Mm -hmm. uh, but I don't remember. Yeah, I showed you some stuff. Yeah, I don't remember. Because really as I was playing, I was so excited. Though. I'm like, you got to see this. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. I don't really have a whole lot to add to that. I mean, cause I don't, I don't really have a reference to, to mm-hmm. compare it to it. It just kind of looks like a third person shooter to me with, you know, uh, a budget. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, this is looking awesome to me. It looks just like the original, except for obviously they've taken some liberties with this beginning house. Um, but, uh, you know, the main first, uh, part of the village you go to, uh, from the original game, uh, looks pretty much the same, um, has the same feeling, the same like, oh shit, gotta go, gotta go, gotta go, can't sit still, because everybody's just like following you constantly trying to kill you. Um, the combat looks really good. Uh, the shooting, the bullet impacts, the blood is gross looking. It's not quite Last of Us Part Two gnarly, but uh, it's uh, reactive, which is, uh, which is cool. Uh, it was really disturbing to watch him stab that dude in the neck, and the guy reacted, but then like just kind of like, went back to getting ready to attack him again, uh, really kind of made him, you know, it, it, it feels like, you know, they're not human, um, which is pretty cool. Uh, character models look really good. Um, all the major beats of this situation done in a more grounded, uh, way. I really appreciate because I feel like, especially in retrospect, Resident Evil four is really campy. Um, a lot of the Resident Evils became super campy. Um, but for kind of set that pace and I'm sure this will have some of that camp still, but it does feel like it's trying to take itself a little more serious, which I, I appreciate because, uh, if you're going to tell me this big, long story of resident evil, um, I'd like you to take it a little serious if you want it to be scary. Otherwise I'm just like, yeah, it's fun, whatever. Um, yeah. AI looks, uh, you know, good the way they're attacking i like all the options that you can like break free or like it keeps prompting him to use the knife but he's not doing it um i do know the knife has durability so i'm sure you don't want to use that unless you have to um shooting the the lantern above the cow seems uh fucked up for the cow but uh useful for leon and uh yeah it uh it just looks awesome i just want to play this just watching this i'm just like i just want to play that (laughs) stop showing it to me just let me play it that's that's a good thing yeah yeah, that's no, great. I'm like, just looking at this going like, yep, that looks awesome. Let me play it. So, uh, yeah, I'm glad to see Burlap Sack <coughs> Chainsaw Man again with his bulging eyes. His very visible eyeballs. Yeah, yeah those uh, those eyeball details is uh, gross. Almost makes sense why he has the bag on his head at this point. Um, yeah, very happy with what I see. Can't wait to play it. Anything else? Uh, I kind of related but the the dude in the beginning with his head sideways whatever little tendrils coming out of his skin reminded me of the uh the doll in uh village with the little oh tendrils yeah coming out of it so i don't know if there's a correlation there i don't know the stories but i don't remember but i know in village they make reference to a lot of things from the other resident evils which i thought was really interesting so yeah they could be starting to connect everything which i think would be really cool especially the slight changes they've made not really changes but additions to the lore they made in village now they're retroactively rebuilding the series um they can start connecting all of it together in a way that's uh convincing yeah i would say especially with like five and six uh the the they story they had going kind of just got thrown out the window so yeah I would be open to them remaking five and six, but I feel like they should do some significant changes to them because I don't take either of those stories serious. 
because yeah. they're just so ridiculous and not like they don't really matter. And six has like too much going on in it. So um, once we get into the realm of Matrix Wesker and all the everyone's got a fucking sibling and it just becomes this clusterfuck. It's like the MCU. It's yeah. uh, it's it's ridiculous. So, but yeah. Anyway, I forgot what I was even talking about. Remake one. Just remake Resident Evil 1. Anything else? No. All right. Uh, let us know in the comments, guys. What did you think of the extended gameplay? What stood out to you? What didn't uh, look great to you? If there's anything that didn't look good to you. Uh, maybe you're one of the people who are upset about the dog that we didn't see in the trailer. But um, I know a lot of people are upset about uh, the dog dying. Um, so let me know if you're one of those people. Uh, what do you think about the gameplay? What do you think about blocking the chainsaw with your knife? Is that too ridiculous? Do you want more of that? Um and with some details you noticed that we didn't talk about. Let's know what you think about in the comments below. Next video is God of War Ragnarok. That's coming out soon, which is wild. And this is a combat and enemies elevated video. It's going to talk about the combat and what they've done to elevate it. Um, this is a must play for me. I'm already sold on it. I have to play it. It's coming out this year. And when it comes out, I will beeline through it. I will stop playing everything. I apologize anyone wants to play some multiplayer games with me because I will have to beat that game before spoilers come out, uh, which I'm sure they'll come out before the game even comes out, but uh, I will try to avoid those like the plague because uh, I really love the last God of War game, which is crazy because I wasn't a big fan of the original ones. Um, story's cool. Didn't like the gameplay, but uh, yeah, last one's really good. Really looking forward to this one. I'm really curious to see where the story goes because it's looking crazy. So, uh, yeah, I'm interested in seeing what they're doing with the combat because from what I've seen so far, it looks like the combat in the first game with some new stuff, but I don't want to see too much, I guess. So I, I don't know. We'll see. Any thoughts? I would just regurgitate what you just said. So that's fair. Yeah. We can save some time and just watch this. <laughs> this is the God of War Ragnarok combat and enemies elevated. Three, two, one, go. <laughs> From a combat perspective, I always, and I still feel, like the meat and potatoes of any God of War game is combat. Yeah. Most of the in the game is destroying people. Cory Barlog. On, my name is uh, uh, Roberto Clemente. Uh, all my uh, friends call me Bert. On Twitter. Uh, I'm a senior uh, combat animator here Jeff at Jeff Keighley was like, what game are you most excited my for? He's like, I can't talk about him under NDA. Hi, it's I'm like, Sabra, okay. And I'm a senior VFX artist. What does that fucking mean? Yeah. Must be playing some my name is now. Grace Penn. And I'm a gameplay animator in God of War Ragnarok. Just cool. He's excited about something. Hi, I'm Stephen Howard, GBA, combat designer on God of War. And I create interesting and memorable creatures that players like to attack and defend against. As an animator, you gave life to characters. You make them move, you gave them personalities, you gave them weight. My role as a VFX artist is to put the power behind a move. You are in control of fire and earth and water and wind. Whether you are throwing your axe or on the receiving end of an enemy spell, VFX is what really gives the movement and the danger to every move that a character or enemy makes. 
I work really closely Animation with the design team out. and the tech art team on this yeah, project stellar. specifically. <laughs> we actually work a lot with camera along with the guidance of our great camera team. So I find myself doing fight choreography sometimes. Uh, yeah. Trace is writing something. One of the most challenging parts about being a combat designer isn't the technical implementation of creating a creature, but it's really navigating that line between frustrating and engaging. We want to make something that makes players lean forward and focus and really try hard against that enemy and feel good about overcoming that, but we don't want to make them feel defeated if they can't figure something out. And then it feels rewarding when you win, not because it was impossible, but because it was fun and engaging. <laughs> After the last game, we've heard the community cry out for more mini-bosses, bigger creatures, and enemy variety. And this time, we really leaned into that. So in God of War Ragnarok, we're going to be traveling to all nine realms. And each realm is going to have like its own theme of enemies oh, that are God, very unique to that to play space. This. <laughs> for example, in Alfheim, we're familiar with the Dark Elves. But this time around, we're going to be fighting Light Elves, such as the Light Elf Warrior. One of the key learnings from the last God of War game is we don't have to think about the camera and how close combat is going to feel. We already have that knowledge, so we can build upon the close camera that we have, and we can iterate on enemies, creating more interesting scenarios. In the last game, the last Atreus game was, was just starting to fight alongside Kratos, and he was learning from the Master Tactician. So in this game, in he's trying to prove himself there. a little bit more, Mid, and we built upon those like mechanics so fluidly. with him. The previous God of War, Atreus was still a kid, right? So he has a lot of dependency on his father. And for this game, you will see Atreus moving more independently on his own as a companion. In regards to VFX for Kratos, I think what the players really love is the powerfulness of it. When you are playing as yeah. Kratos, you really do feel like the god of war. And moving into Ragnarok, we want to really make something bigger, make it stronger, make it more of a spectacle. You want them to be like, oh my gosh, I didn't know that the Blades of Chaos could get even better, but look at that. So as Kratos gets more powerful, he's going to have access to newer combos and newer abilities that will increase the combat depth of each weapon. For the Blaze, <laughs> one of the moves that I've really enjoyed from previous God of Wars is the combat grapple, and we're going to be bringing that with a new twist. I'm very excited for players to try the Blade grapple traversal moves. That brings so much more speed yeah, into the movement and the dynamic feel to it. One of the ways we've expanded Kratos' combat this time around is we've given more utility and choice to the shield loadout. If you are a parry person, you could really go for a shield that gears towards parrying. If you're a big blocker, then you could choose a shield that will really match your play style. That's cool. One new mechanic or element that I'm really excited about is these combo finishers. Building up the stun meter this time around is gonna lead to different ways to basically decapitate the enemy. Damn. You're gonna be able to choose, you know, which weapon you wanna have when you kill a guy. Another Damn. feature that we've added for Kratos is his new pre-fall attacks. You could jump off a ledge, and if there's an enemy below you, you could slam down on him. Nice. It really expanded on the combo. There's such an emphasis on verticality in some of these fights that it's super engaging. And as Kratos, now that you have that so much mobility, awesome. yeah. that you can also <laughs> of, take advantage uh, of that verticality. Sure I think it just adds such another It'll interesting layer to the shit. fight. Oh, yeah. In God of War Ragnarok, we've enhanced the Kratos and Atreus duo. He's going to initiate a little bit more and be aggressive. He's going to fight alongside you and sometimes even surprise you with his combo abilities too. 
Some of the new expanded companion actions that you'll see Atreus do leverage the fact that he's older now, he's bigger now. And he's different from Kratos, so his magic has a different flavor. Yeah, he's riding Not shit. only that, the fight side by side together, um, there are also a lot of mini games and you know player interaction moments. For example, like the puzzle systems and the set pieces, you definitely will see a lot more collaborations between father and son. Yeah, you gotta fight. Fucking two of them. There is so much There's that so goes harsh. into building a big set piece. You basically iterate and Damn. iterate and iterate, and it takes testing and just seeing what works to really figure out the personality of something. Basically, every department gives it their all <laughs> to make things really spectacular. Yeah, they're going big with it. The first, well, the first of the new there games. There were a lot of That's different really times cool that I would look back it. at God of War Damn. games just through the ages. God, look at that. There were so many amazing, huge boss fights and set pieces. I still remember when God of War 3 came out. It was like a graphical fucking Marvel. On this yeah. Now looking at them. Our design philosophy for creating new and memorable yeah. enemies is basically yeah, making them a combat puzzle. Similar to like chess. I hope that game player story was good. Each piece has its own theme and its own use. You need to be able to see what's happening in an instant and be able to react as the player. There's a couple of different ways that we go into making an attack very readable for the player. Sometimes we add a signature audio cue, or we'll add the different rings, such as what we did in the last game, that lets you know that this attack is unblockable, you need to dodge it. Definitely. Yeah. There's so many different ways that the effects really helps not just show what an enemy is about to do, but show who the enemy really is. Everything you design has to be surrounding the essence of the character and a story. It's what makes it believable and memorable in the first place. I think what I'm most excited about is for players to experience the diversity of enemies that this game has to offer. You will be fighting everything from small little creatures to things that will take up the entire screen. All of their designs run the gamut. I think each one looks so much different from the next one, and each of them have their own play styles and their own little fantasies that go into it. And so I think if you are really into Norse mythology, you'll be very interested to see how Sony Santa Monica has taken some of these creatures and interpreted them for God of War. Everything that goes into the game, there's emotion behind it and intent behind it. And by the time it gets to you, everything that you've seen that you're gonna play and experience, has been sweated over, bled over, tested, and it's fun to play. Can't wait. The fucking ninth. That's rough. It's like around the corner. It's a week and a half, roughly. That's crazy. <laughs> and I keep I keep bringing this up over on on the fucking TikTok, but like I keep thinking about like if I mean, there, there's only one game that's going to be able to get game of the year that's not Elden Ring, and it's this. And I keep asking people like, which one do you think? And everyone says Elden Ring, which I mean I agree with as of right now too, but I haven't played this, yeah. so I don't know. But. uh not that it matters too much, because, you know, when we have our discussion, I don't care what other people pick. I'm going to pick what I want. But, like, you know, 
Game Awards game of the year and what everybody's going to be picking, I don't know. It's going to be one of those two games. It's a, it's a Red Dead Redemption 2 versus, um, oh, no. What's the other game? Oh, God of War. You're yeah. the boy. That year, fucking, it was like two games. It's like, I don't know who's going to win, but they both deserve it. So, yeah. Um, there's a flattering flattering freeze frame um so yeah just something i keep thinking about because it's just crazy that like two games this 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 big have come out in one year so the other thing that sucks too is it's like literally the end of the year yep and it's gonna be really hard to like squeeze that in like for game of the year as well um mm-hmm. I mean, they're gonna probably gonna try to because, like you said, spoilers is gonna be especially. And I have enough fun on TikTok, but man, there's no spoiler warnings on that fucking app. So yeah, I'll be beating it uh, within the month of November. Uh, I'm gonna try to. So, so I will definitely be. This will be in the running for me for for uh, game of the year. But uh, us personally, we do the same thing that a lot of people do uh, when it comes to game of the year and. It comes out too late in the year it's unfair to match it up with other games that have been out for a while and have it in the running um if you don't have the time to fucking play it and really get into it enough uh, like something that comes out in december it's like it's game of the year i don't know i haven't beaten it yet like, yeah time to talk about it um so we do the you know next year can be in the running kind of thing it always feels kind of weird doing that but it's like fair way to do it so and this is kind of getting there but i'm confident i'm going to beat this i'm not certain games like this i don't want to wait to yeah. play it because i don't want it spoiled for me so um it will definitely be in the running for me personally when we have our game of the year discussion um and i feel like it'll likely be up for uh the running of like you know all the official more official places doing game of the year but more specifically game awards i'm i'd be surprised if they uh pass it over for next year unless they just really want to give Elden ring the fucking game of the year this year <laughs> it can be win-win for both of them but i don't think that'd be too satisfying for santa monica especially on the game's release but anyway uh what do we think of this looks awesome yeah yeah it does um the last game was a lot of fun i had a hard time putting it down <clears throat> Even when we returned to it for, what was that, Plus Club? Yeah. Uh, I waited because I was like, I've played it before. I'll revisit at some point. And then I started playing it. I'm like, oh, yeah, this game's awesome. Yeah. Completely forgot that it was this good. Yeah, and you really can't. Because um, when I first started playing the original one, I was like, oh, I'll just fucking button mash my way through this. No, you can't do that. <laughs> yeah, it's got a combat system that you have to be aware. You have yeah. to be paying attention. You got to make decisions in the combat. This is looking like that, but even with more tools mm. at your disposal. I also um, appreciate that they're expanding upon um, everything, the multitude of, of, of weapons and, and like the way the shield uh, works and stuff. Cause I actually really enjoyed using the shield mm-hmm. in the first game, but you know, it was kind of like a singular purpose thing almost versus now you can kind of like lean into parries or blocks and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Which I really like because uh, I'm not always like I don't mind dodging in games, but I usually prefer to like have a, a hybrid build where I can like kind of do a little bit of everything, um, but never necessarily like amazing at one thing. I guess. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a dodger. I don't like blocking or parrying. Yeah, I will. I don't mind doing it, but like my play style is make sure I don't get touched. Yeah, though I learned uh, in Elden Ring to to dodge because. 
unless you're just on your shit from software but yeah parrying is punishing <laughs> so yeah. um yeah every every souls style game i play i just a lot of the games you have to roll but like you know that's why bloodborne was like second nature for me as i was just zipping around zip around yeah, yeah. It's a much faster paced game um i mean graphics are, are you know what I expect them to be, which are good. Mm. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to downplay them, but you know, th- it wasn't shocking. It's more shocking as the set pieces are beautiful. They, yeah, they look great. Full fantasy. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love it. Like that is like one of my favorite things ever is fantasy. So, um, I, I just love the idea of being in a, just a triple a fantasy world. It's, it's just going to be great. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, the rollout on trailers for this game has been weird because there hasn't been much. Uh, yeah. we did get that story trailer, uh, not that long ago that kind of made up for it cause it was really fucking good. But, uh, this was really nice because we saw more of the combat, like they said, but it revealed a lot of things too, that probably would have been cool if it was kept secret, but like seeing Atreus, like riding around that, like ethereal fucking deer thing is wild looking like that's something I wasn't expecting. Um, but yeah, seeing like a lot of the elements of the combat, uh, is really cool. I like that they touched on the puzzles. Um, you know, expect them to be interacting with each other on the puzzles, but to see them be a part of it is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, seeing a lot of the set pieces was really interesting. Some of them we saw from the last trailer. Some of them, um, are, are things I haven't seen yet. And, uh, the game is just looking fucking massive. In every way, not just like that. That's yeah. crazy looking. But uh, not only are the set pieces and the enemies looking big, but like the amount of like lore, the amount of enemy types, the amount of locations. They, they, I'm looking at every location. I'm like, there's going to be a lot of shit you're going to have to like. I'm, I'm going to be checking every nook and cranny for things in this game. It's going to be like the last game, but, you know, times whatever. Right. So there's going to be even more things. And this has just been really... Um, you know, they talk about it's about elevating the combat, but they showed so much more in this that I almost feel overwhelmed uh, looking at it. Cause I'm like, <sighs> I just gotta play it because it's uh, it's just it's looking massive. But yeah, the things they've added to the combat is looking really cool. I agree. The shield thing's really interesting. It's kind of interesting that they're almost making it sound like you have a build. You can kind of lean into the things you like to do, whether you like to parry or block. Uh, that's nice. I like the verticality uh, abilities. That's really cool. Being able to drop down, hit people. Um, being able to do the Nathan Drake swing and shoot thing almost. Only in this, you're using like your uh, chain grappling hook and then flying over and hitting. That's going to be awesome to do. Um, I'm glad they touched on um, tells of, you know, um, like audio tells and like um, uh, the way that they're designing the enemies to be challenging but not like fucking annoying. Um and that they emphasize the fun aspect. Um, a lot of the moves I recognize from the first game, but then you're seeing a lot of things that look different. That boulder move is awesome looking. Mm. The one where he whips them there and they exploded. That was fucking awesome looking. Um, and I'm really curious about what they do with the trace because in the last game, part of your gear was him. You were like equipping him with like different outfits that would make him, uh, you know, act in different ways. And I feel like this is probably going to expand on that even further, especially when he's got his own abilities now. Yeah. Um, he's not just, you know, jumping around shooting. He's going to be, like, riding things. At one point, it showed a guy on the ground. He's, like, swinging at him and hitting him a lot. Like, I'm hoping not only are you going to be building up Kratos, but you'll be able to build him up in ways that makes your gameplay uh, different. Yeah. 
This game's also really vibrant looking in a lot of ways. A lot of the enemies and stuff are like a lot of neon colors, which is kind of crazy, but that could just be the realm. I don't know. Um, but yeah, all in all, this is looking really cool. Um, I can't wait to play it. And uh, yeah, the combat is just looking great. The animations are so fucking good. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the cutscenes because that was probably one of my favorite things <clears throat> in the first game as well, uh, especially when they watch the, the The. The beginning, right? We you go through and then um Oh no, I forgot his name. Comes to visit you. <laughs> Is it Balder? I think so, yeah. And uh and then him and Kratos just the longest fight ever and you're just beating the shit out of each other and I'm just mm-hmm. like, This is insane. Well it's a great way to start the game. Yeah. Because if you're coming from the older God of War games, like you know the scale yeah. of what Kratos has dealt with. And then in this, it's like somber. You're fucking uh, cremating your wife, and you have your son uh, helping you with that. And there's like this whole like trying to get him ready, kind of like the road uh, where you're like, hey, you need to learn how to hunt correctly. You need to prove yourself. Blah blah blah. And you're kind of getting invested in that. Like, oh, this is really interesting. This is a different different take on Kratos. And then this dude just shows up, little skinny guy. And he's like talking shit. And you're like, what the fuck? Is I know this? who you are. Like, who the fuck yeah. is this guy? You know, and God then killer or whatever. Yeah. And then they get <laughs> into the fight and it's like Dragon Ball Z. And it's like, whoa. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like this whole, like, I'm going to live in the cabin with my son. Fucking chill life. You know, underneath that mask is, you know, this fucking God of War. Yeah. It's, uh, well, it's really good. And, really and, good way to start the game. And the most impressive part about that, and I kind of brought it up earlier, but you'll be in the middle of fighting and the camera will just move and yeah. the cutscenes happen. Yeah, the seamless change between gameplay and, and uh, set piece is really well Phenomenal. done. Phenomenal. And so, yeah. like, it's a treat because you're playing this game, you're having fun, and then the cutscene just happens naturally. Um, that's kind of the thing that's fucked with... Um, Sony's first party AAA companies is like I don't see anybody as seamlessly merging cinematics and gameplay as much as like Santa Monica and uh, Naughty Dog. Mm. Like they're like masters of it, both of them. It's fucking crazy. Yeah, well, I mean, Sony definitely in these companies specifically. Um, you know, they just have a track record with this style of game anyway. So it's yeah, kind well, of their it's bread part and their, butter. It's part of their evolution. These companies have been doing this for so long. They've just gotten better at it. But you see other people try and make like, um, not to drag it if you like it, but like um, uh, the Tomb Raider games are oh, trying yeah. to mimic. They're trying to be like an Uncharted game, which is so interesting. Um, and they're visually good looking games. They're good looking games. Yeah, yeah. They're pushing technology. They played well, but they just weren't as well made as Uncharted. Um and it's like I'm not saying it needs to be that, but like it just shows how talented Naughty Dog is as a fucking developer. For sure. Well, you also that, like that's a tall order. It's like nobody can make an open world game like Rockstar. Yeah, you just can't. No one's that good. Um, I think a large part of it too. Uh, and I can't remember who said this originally, but when you work for Sony and you're a game company, you you have the resources of Sony, the company, not yeah. PlayStation. But Sony, Sony does music. They do movies. They do mm-hmm. like they do everything, yeah. and so like there's just a lot of tools that are easy for them to get their hands on at that point. So. Yeah, not to make it about Xbox and, and PlayStation because I don't want to have that discussion. But no, I know no, we're not no. going to have that. But someone in the comments possibly could. But it's interesting because you see that 
their approach because like you you make a game under Sony and they can be like we can make a movie yeah and like under uh, Microsoft they don't really have that they have they, to get someone they can have like Paramount and, yeah. work with them which is cool they can do that they made a Halo show yeah for sure but th- it has less of a cohesive family feel of like in-house company made um but the the thing you do get with microsoft is they're completely hands off with what you make and they give you a bunch of money yeah so you get that well and and you know your game is going to be on multiple platforms instantly versus with sony you pc comes later yeah yeah they're a little more locked in Mm -hmm. but it's just really interesting because yeah the sony ecosystem is definitely different yeah absolutely then uh than than everybody else but yeah mostly like my whole my whole point you know like with the mocap stuff i'm you Mm -hmm. know i'm sure that stuff was already kind of there anyways and and sony does mocap for movies too so if they need something they say hey sony like yeah need to use some shit so yeah it's really interesting Mm. that the way they have that all set up but um but yeah anyway outside of all that uh random stuff uh yeah this is great i can't wait to play this and i it feels weird alone that's already almost the end of the year. But um, to think that, that, you know, not that long ago, I was like, man, God of War's coming out later this year. And now I'm just like, it's coming out in like a week and a half. Yeah. I don't even feel like mentally yeah. prepared for I it. I actually hadn't been even thinking about it. And so watching this and seeing the day, I was like, oh, no, I have yeah. to like buy that soon. <laughs> it's gross when he's slicing that dude up because he hits him across the throat and the guy like reaches for his neck and then he slices him again. Yeah. It's fucked up. <laughs> Love it. Um. Yeah, so I've already said it. Loved it. Can't wait to play this game. Anything else you want to say? I, I mean, I was buying it anyway, so yeah. uh, I was going to experience this one way or another. I'm more so looking forward to playing it on my 4K display instead of mm-hmm. watching it on a 1080 display. So For sure. It's going to look so much better. Yeah. Um, I think it's funny like saying you're already going to buy it because like, I was on the same page even when they weren't showing trailers. I was feeling frustrated because I'm like, I'm going to buy it. Like, I just know it's going to be good. There's no way it can't be good. It'd be crazy if it wasn't. But For sure. I was like, show me something. But it's weird to have that relationship. Like a lot of games, I'm like, you're not showing me? I'm not going to fucking buy your game. Mm. But this, I'm like, well, you already proved yourself. I, if it's anything like that, I'll play it. Yeah, and it's a sequel, so they're going to yeah. keep it kind of similar in that regard. Yeah, exactly. So. so it was just a weird relationship to have with Santa Monica going like, I'm going to buy your game, but can you just show me it, please? Yeah. Like, I'd like to see it. Just do me a favor. Yeah, um, give me something to get excited about. Yeah. That's I know cool. I'm locked in already, but come on. All right. Well, let us know in the comments. What do you guys think of the combat enemies elevated? What do you think about the differences, the things that they're adding to the combat? What stood out to you? What about any of the set pieces they showed off here? Are you excited for this game? You're not excited for this game? Uh, do you think they're going to knock out of the park? What do you think about the PS5 and PS4 thing? I know some people are still kind of weird about that, but I think it's looking really fucking good, so I don't think you have much to worry about. They nailed it with Horizon anyway, so. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot that even came out on PS4. It looks amazing on PS4. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think people still think of the old thing. It's like it's just like a PC. You just turn the graphics up or you turn them down. Yeah. Um, but anyway... Uh, yeah, let me know everything you think about in the comments below when it comes to God of War Ragnarok. And you, are you guys fucking excited? It's coming out in a week and a half. Are you ready? No, but <laughs> let me know in the comments below. All right, we got a bunch of comments, which is nice. As soon as the sun went away, summer went away, people are commenting again. I'm like, all right, fucking reading the comments is back, baby. So we're going to do that. Uh, so if you want your comment to be read for sure, type in hashtag AskTLG on your comment. Otherwise, I, I read it random. So if I don't read your stuff, 
Hashtag AskTLG. Ask uh, okay, so we did a... Is this the Tasty Cast? Was this... It is a... Is this video? Yeah, yeah. It is. Okay, yeah. TasteCast 174, where we talked about Starfield details, uh, talked about Wild Hearts, and uh, talked about game releases. Um, we got some comments, so we're going to read through those. Okay, so first comment we got is from Ryder. Ryder says, whatever Bethesda delivers called Starfield on paper, it looks relatively convincing. They're putting further focus on the role-playing aspect, which is a welcome throwback. The tons of dialogue itself doesn't mean much on its own, but probably that they have a dedicated writing department and aren't just slapping together some incoherent drivel story-wise, which definitely felt like the case playing Skyrim and Fallout 4, even if they did have story teams preach i agree with you on that and while not mentioned in the video todd i love how you spell todd uh did say starfield will be the most modding friendly game they've made so far and that's pretty much the reason for the longevity of skyrim and uh fallout 4 uh that said 1000 planets still sounds vegetables i agree um i also think that uh starfield is sounding more like an RPG than their last couple games. And of course their last couple games have been RPGs, but they've been the expected Bethesda RPG that has slowly turned into more of an action RPG than like the RPG that Morrowind was. And so in this, when they're talking about all the systems, the way you're going to be able to navigate like diplomacy and in conversations, uh, all that kind of stuff, it is starting to sound more like an RPG again, which I'm, I'm happy about. I'm sure they'll find a happy uh, balance between uh, being accessible and casual enough for anyone to play because this Bethesda at this point, they like the money they've made off the last couple games they've made. Um, but also, it does sound like they are trying to to put out a welcoming hand to the the hardcore RPG fans that once were big fans of their games. Um, so, yeah. And Todd Howard, as much as, you know, Todd likes money, um, I do think he is like a legit nerd, like an RPG nerd. And so the ambitions of what Bethesda has become and what they do, uh, is one thing, but I do think at heart he is still that guy. So hopefully it is reflected in Starfield. Um, the modding will be interesting. I, I think I when I replied to you, I jokingly said that uh, Todd loves those mods because a lot of people always joke about how um, the modding community makes the games worth playing um, more than they are when they release. But uh, it is good. Because they know the games are going to get modded if they allow that accessibility, make that easier for people to mod their games. It's a win-win. People are going to want to mod this game. So if they make that easier for people, it adds to that longevity. Now you get new experiences from a game that uh, you already probably put a lot of hours into. And then, yeah, the 1,000 Planets, I'm still super skeptical on it. That sounds like uh, this has 12 uh, uh, I said terabytes, teraflops of uh t-flops of blah, blah blah well this has 10 it just sounds like a big number but like how interesting is 1000 planets gonna be i've been saying that for a while and i know a lot of people agree with that um they can make that intriguing cool but 1000 planets doesn't sound like anything to me um it sounds like a lot of planets if they're interesting cool but i have a feeling a lot of them will be like barren and not much going on so we'll see yeah uh uh, the only, I don't even really have anything serious to say, other than, uh, you know, instead of 
people modding in their fantasy waifus into Skyrim. Now they can have sci-fi waifus in fucking Starfield. It's so very true. Have fun modding community. Yeah. Anything else? No. All right. Thank you for the comment, writer. Moving on, we got Puppet Master saying horror game. Pathologic 2, I have not played that. Evil Within, I love Evil Within. I love Evil Within 2. Underrated games. Call of Cthulhu 2018, I never played that. Call of Cthulhu Dark Corners of the Earth, I played that back in the day when it came out, and I thought it was really cool, even though the voice acting is horrible. The atmosphere is amazing. Sinking City, I've never played it. i got to look into it. The new Scorn game looks good, too. This was before it came out. I had it downloaded. I played it for a little bit. It felt like I was walking down a hallway. A really cool looking hallway. Also, it reviewed horribly. Um, a lot of people were talking shit about it. So I've not continued playing it. I might come back. I guess you can be in like eight hours or something. I, I think it's a pretty short game. But um, it was amazing how quickly that game was like roasted. And I haven't heard about it since. So, But if you played Scorn... Let me know uh, if I should return to it. I uh, I was playing it, but I, I also was playing when I was very tired. So the like the constant like I guess there's five chapters in the game, and I think chapter three you get a gun, but the gunplay is horrible in the game. It's not really a shooter, so it's mostly a explore and solve puzzle game. And I just was not in the mindset for that. But visually, it's a really cool looking game. Uh, for some reasoning, I haven't gotten single notification from your channel in a while until now. Got a lot of vids to catch up on. Well, welcome back. Thank glad you, Susan. Yeah, thank you, Susan. YouTube's always doing something. Um, and uh, yeah, welcome back. And hopefully, you got to catch up on some of the videos. And yeah, anything you want to add to that? All right, thank you for the comment, Puppet Master. Psycho Scream says they should definitely make Bleach style Warriors game. It would work just as well as One Piece has. Yeah, I, I even as a guy who's like not really super into Bleach. It would make sense there's to do so that. many characters. Yeah, and there's <laughs> a lot, and you could definitely have a lot of um, generic enemy types to slash through, and have like bosses and stuff, like generals and easily Musu games. So yeah, yeah, agreed. Uh, let's see. Ego Border says Starfield sigh. Look, I'm trying to set aside all the baggage from Bethesda of the past decade and stay positive. That's a good way to think. Uh, Todd sounds excited about the game, and I'm reminded that he's an OG RPG dork. Yep. Uh, I'm interested in the company setting aside its own baggage and showing us all uh, us all a new side of itself from a new IP and new setting. But there's also a lot of red flags with this game. The interview is one of them. The way we've been drip-fed info on this game, starting with a brief uh, conceptual trailer and now with the odd take a moment out of the development to answer fan questions. Uh, sometimes it feels like they need to reassure the fan base that development is pro are progressing smoothly. I agree 100%. The other red flag was all I've seen of this game is are in motion. The gameplay reveal earlier this year, which felt extremely familiar uh, up to and including um, performance hitches, uh, mind you, but also that generally Bethesda-like approach to questing, combat, and dialogue. Sure, it's brought a lot of players to Bethesda's feet, but it's also felt dated more than a decade ago when Skyrim released. I agree with you 100%. Lastly, you say, I wish Todd and the studio would get away from trying to wow us with numbers. Triple the dialogue lines feels a lot like 16 times the detail. I agree with that too, but also I think it, it is that that detail actually was interesting to me just because um, 
that just that just means they're going to be able to expand on uh, how much you're hearing in conversations, how many choices you'll have in conversations, I'm assuming, uh, which will expand on the gameplay itself, expand on lore. I think it could be a good thing. It could be wasted for sure. And I do think that the numbers game is being played here a bit, especially with the 1,000 planets. But uh, everything else you said, 100% I agree with. Uh, those are all red flags for me too. I'm not... Uh, I'm not where I'm at with Konami when like I'm like, I just don't trust you. Like you need to fucking prove yourself again. But with Bethesda, I want them to make something that that brings me back. But I've just seen over and over again them release games that are so similar to each other. Um, and they can't get away from that fucking engine that uh I just don't it, it's like I've lost faith in them. I don't really have like an animosity towards Bethesda. It's just like Yeah, you just like do I just expect things from you and you do it. And it's not not what I want. So, but I do, like you said, I'm trying to like stay positive with this because I want the game to be good. And there is elements to this game that look fucking cool to me. So, and if it comes out, it's awesome. You're not going to hear me bitching. So, yeah. Um, Any red flags? Bethesda. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's a red flag. <laughs> I mean, the only thing I really have to say about this is um, I, I do think that. I, all tech companies in general uh, are very fond of their buzzwords, but uh, true. I do think triple the dialogue is less of a, a thing than like the thousand planets or the 16 times the detail thing, mm-hmm. because at least with the dialogue, even if those um, aren't necessarily like important things, it is still like, um, or God, I'm, just my brain just immediately stopped when I tried to spit that out. It, it could be lore. It could be just tidbits. It could be like uh, bits to make the, fe- the game feel more alive with people saying random things. Like th- this is just a good thing overall. I think even mm-hmm. if it's re- you know dialogue you have to read, um, it is an RPG, and I do think story and dialogue are probably one of the most important things in a role playing game. Yeah, and he he might agree with us on that. But like to be fair, I'm reading a sentence again, and he's saying like he wishes. Todd would just get away from the numbers thing. Sure, which, sure, sure. Which I get. Like, maybe the way he's conveying this info, it seems cheap. The way he's going, like, number-wise. Yeah. Like, and triple I, and the, the, the... He's not really expanding on, like, oh, you're going to be able to do this, do right, that, right, all right, this right, stuff. Right. I get where he's coming from. I'm just sure. saying that... that uh, because the example was put forth with that yeah. uh, phrase. Well, I mean, I, uh, I said something similar yeah, to that. This. That one is not so much a crazy one to me, but mm-hmm. yeah, like earlier mentioned with thousand planets, the 16 times the detail and almost anything that comes out of any game developer, uh, especially the PR and marketing side of these guys, 12 T flops buzz was buzz, buzz, buzzwords like all the time because most people are just going to hear that and go, yeah, bigger. Better. I like big numbers. Big, yeah, hundred percent. Big stupid. good. It's stupid how fucking well that works because before the uh, new consoles came out, I would talk with people and they're like, "Xbox is better." I'm like, "Well, we don't know because the SSD on the fucking PS5 is like crazy fast too, so we got to see that in its performance." And be like, "Well, it's got 12, 12 fucking T flops," and I'm like, "What is that?" And they're like, "What?" And I'm like, "What? What's a T flop?" Like, I don't know. I'm like. So you're excited about a big number? You don't even know what it is. I'm about excited about something you don't even understand. Exactly. Cool. Like don't don't let the marketing fucking cheap marketing going like big number better. Yeah. Anyway, I don't want to go. See, so yeah, I don't tangent. like I don't like that kind of stuff um, yeah. either. It seems um, cheap. I think advertising in general is kind of rough 
uh, uh, for me anyways. They got to sell something to you in minimal words, dude. Well, and, and look at examples even on this channel of every time we watch a trailer and I'll watch it I'm like, that was a cool cinematic, but where's the game? Yeah. Right. It, it doesn't do a lot for me. Mm-hmm. So I need, um, I need a little more grounded information. Especially when it's like a CGI trailer to a game we have new, like it's a brand new game and they show a CGI trailer. Like I get that they're showing out the concept, but it also kind of feels like an IOU. Yeah. And <laughs> it's like, we promise the game will be cool. Just I, trust I, us. I understand the game, right? They're trying to build and start hype. Um, yeah. which I think is tricky anyways too, because people are ready to just get hyped instantly and then their expectations go way too high. But, um, yeah, this is devolving into something. Yeah. Completely we're going different. to all the place. Look what you did. Ego border. Um, yeah, I, I'm not, I don't have a lot of faith in Bethesda, but I, I do try to be open-minded about it because they haven't really done anything to irritate me, yeah. uh, in a way where I'm like writing them off as a company. Um, I just think they've made some bad decisions and they need to course correct. You've said that earlier. Um, and good examples of companies I'm way uh, very weary of is like Konami and Blizzard. I'm, I'm just kind of like, yeah, I'm really just not interested until I see a huge turnaround. So, yeah. Well, Konami completely abandoned everything shamelessly. So I have a, I look at Bethesda almost like the same way I'd look at a junkie who keeps telling me they're going to get clean. I'm like, yeah, we'll see, whatever. But I look at like Konami as like an ex. For sure. I'm like, I don't want to fucking talk to her. Like, I don't trust her. Right. Yeah, prove that you're not a piece of shit. Like it's it's a completely different relationship. I I have like a, a almost underlying anger towards Konami when I think about that. When I watched the Silent Hill stuff, I was like. This is crazy, but also it's like I'm not I'm not ready like emotionally to like take this serious. Yeah, well, Tommy's got to prove themselves. And hopefully, it's a step in the right direction because they have um, a fucking grip on some IPs that I would love to exist again, and then they just don't. So. Oh yeah, two of my favorite series of all time. You're never gonna need Metal Gear again, but yeah. I might not, I mean, I'm going to get a Silent Hill again. I don't know if it's going to be a good Silent Hill. But, like, they said that they want to revisit, uh, before Silent Hill got announced, they want to revisit Silent Hill, Castlevania, and Metal Gear Solid. Yeah, I just... And that freaks me the fuck you're out. You're not getting a Metal Gear. You're going to get another shell that... What if, because they don't have AAA power at Konami anymore, and they're hiring people like Bloober Team to make games, what if they hire on Kojima Productions They already didn't like paying them the first time. I'm just saying, like, I think he's too expensive for them at this point. Yeah. Well, everyone is. They're getting all these small developers. Except for they got the people making Dead by Daylight. And they're a small developer, but uh, working on something, which is really interesting to me. Yeah. Because they're making three games now. Anyway, this is everywhere. Uh, Anything else to say? No. Thank you for the comment, Ego Border. I'm going to also read your other comment that says, Scary Game Devotion by Red Candle Games, and I asked you about that, and you answered me about it. Uh, that's the game that was on Steam and got pulled off of Steam because it says something about uh, a place called Taiwan. I'm not going to say anything about it because I don't know if YouTube gets worried about that. Um, and YouTube that YouTube might not, but bots definitely hate what you just said. I didn't say anything about that location. I said the name, but uh, <laughs> I got I got no stance on that place. Um, but anyway, uh, it got pulled off Steam because of something about that. And uh, for a while there, you couldn't get it anywhere. I, I think you could pirate it, but I was I just wanted to buy it. But um, I think now you can just buy it off their website. Wait. They made mention of... They said something about it, yeah. And they got taken off Steam. I don't know if it was Valve's decision or if it was 
like a parent company that like I say Valve did that. I'm going to be a little pissed off because they allow adult games sure. on their platform. Sure, yeah, I don't know the full details, <laughs> but I know it got pulled off Steam because I was going to buy it back when it came out because I heard all this commotion about it. people like, oh, it's really good, really good. I was like, oh shit, I went to look for it, it was not there. I looked it up, like, oh, I got taken off. I'm like, that sucks. And everybody's saying it's going to come back after they fix something in the game. Interesting. And then now you can just buy it from their website. So long story short, um, that's a game I've been wanting to play. I haven't bought it yet, um, but I plan on doing it. It's kind of weird to not buy it through Steam. Um, but I've heard really good things about it, so i got to check it out. So Funny. Yeah. Um, thank you, everybody, for your comments. Yes. Moving on to the next video and the last video, which was my Silent Hill video. Or went through the whole transmission and uh, give you my honest opinions on emotionally where I'm at all over the place. So, uh, yeah, let's go through these comments. We got Tom B saying, now I'm absolutely no COD fan, but this time I gave Modern Warfare 2 a try since a decade. Just finished Modern Warfare 2 campaign and it's absolutely breathtaking. Can't wait to hear your thoughts on it once it's out. I did not pre-purchase the game to get the campaign because that segmentation was kind of weird to me so i am just gonna buy the whole thing at once i'll play the campaign uh when i get a chance but it's really interesting to hear you say that and it's really interesting to hear people in real life all saying that the campaign's awesome and then seeing all these game journalists say that it's bad like they're pretty critical of it they're like oh it's kind of like by the numbers just set pieces is really boring or whatever and i'm like every time this happens is really it's really interesting i and then i started thinking like what social thing did they bring up that game journalists don't like why are they so upset with it but then like everyone else is like yeah it's really cool because this happened with fucking modern warfare 2019 hmm. they pissed people off of that too before the game came out they're like just speculating they're like well it's gonna do this gonna do that it's gonna be really insensitive they also love death loop so I, it's hard to 10, 10 dude that game was okay. Hard to take anyone seriously these days. So. The game's like an honest upper seven, lower eight out of ten. I'd give it that. Okay. Not ten out of ten. But yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I don't really give anything a ten out of ten, so that's hard for me anyways. But I would give like three games a ten out of ten. <laughs> and it's only because nothing exceeds those for me, so there has to be a cap. Well, like, there's fair. no such thing as a perfect game. I'm not saying it's a perfect game. I'm saying when it comes to fucking games that are existing, that I love... Those games excel in every fucking way. Mm. All right. <clears throat> um, very interesting, Tom B. I will check it out. I will definitely let you know what I think of it once I've played it. And uh, I'm glad to hear that you're digging it or that you dug it. Um, also really interesting. This happened with Marvel for 2019. Bunch of people who were like, I gave up on COD. I don't like COD anymore. They played that or they played this and they're like, oh, I like COD again. It's like Infinity Ward's doing something right. And there's still people bitching about it. I'm like, just stop. People are liking it. Like people who don't like COD are liking it. That's that's a, that's a good thing. Uh, thank you for the comment. And okay, so Cody Cody commented saying, uh, "With these remakes, I feel like there needs to be something original from it to be at the very least good. Bringing back Akira Yamaoka, something familiar yet? Giving him freedom to do something different is a nice sign. But goddamn, 2's OST has some timeless bangers. You're fucking telling me, dude. Like when I think about games with the best soundtracks." It's like all the Silent Hills. Silent Hill 1 through 4 all have amazing soundtracks. They're yeah, like they're good. really good. And Chrono Cross and uh, a bunch of other games. Those are the ones that always pop in my head, though. Like Those ones have like soundtracks that I think are just amazing. Um, oh, God. One with Michael McCann. Who, oh, uh, Deus Ex. Deus Ex. 
uh, had a great soundtrack. A bunch of games I could go on for days. But um, but yeah, Akira Yamaoka. Uh, that was what I said in the video. It's like, I feel weird that they're redoing the soundtrack for this game because you shouldn't fucking touch it. But they also brought the guy back who made the soundtrack. So I'm welcoming him making new music. So <laughs> conflicting, dude. Everything's so conflicting when it comes to these Silent Hill games. Um, I'm just hoping they can get that Silent Hill 2 like yeah not bad just make it not bad because i think bloober's really rolling the dice with making this game like if you guys fuck it up you're you're done um but yeah i pretty much agree um let's see the remakes i feel like there's something original yeah they gotta bring something to it um anything you want to add to that silent hill is uh one of the the games where i can listen to the music outside of the game so yeah i agree yeah <clears throat> fantastic music thanks for the comment cody all right ego border back again saying well i can only hope it's a great resurgence for silent hill konami is an odd duck even among japanese publisher devs i don't think anybody is naive on either side of this in a divorced couple dating each other again gamers have been vocal in their derision of konami's most recent forays into gaming now several years old but konami holds all the cards with their ips so they don't even have to acknowledge it and they don't the silent hill 2 remake has a huge hill to climb 100 but if it's at least respectful of the original uh seminal game it should be welcome the new games are the ones that have to prove they're worthy of attention and not spin-offs they'll watch a video essay about in two years I mean, I agree with everything you just said. Um, as I said in that video, uh, the Silent Hill 2 remake has to be good. They have to nail that. It's already it's already established, so they just have to build upon that. The spinoffs, they do need to prove themselves, but they're going to be easily forgotten as well um, because they are not like the placeholders of the series. They're not the main staples of it, but... Um, but they have the uphill battle as well because they're unproven. And Silent Hill is a defunct brand, so it doesn't mean anything. I've been telling people that for ever now. Like we all say, we want a new Silent Hill, but what does that even mean at this point? Silent Hill is dead. Like the people who worked on it are not together anymore, and they're bringing some people back. I'm glad they're bringing back the guy who uh, who uh, designed the monsters because that's huge. There's some Silent Hills that came out after one through four where the monsters were really stupid. Mm. Um, so they're making a lot of good decisions here, but um, yeah, Silent Hill is just a name at this point. It's a memory of four games that are amazing. And now when you're doing it, it's like, what fan fiction are you bringing? Or is this something that can be taken serious? We don't know. So um, yeah, I, I agree with pretty much everything you said. Um, Konami is an odd duck and uh, they're very unapologetic about everything that they do. And uh, I don't think they care about much they haven't proven that they do um i do think they're doing this for money they got to prove me wrong um but uh as long as they can do a respectable job on silent hill 2 i will not bitch if they fuck up the other games i want those games to be good but if they fuck them up um i'm gonna be able to forget about them but uh i forgot who it was one of the companies working on one of the silent hill games uh, was on Twitter and they're like, Hey, a lot of you guys have uh, learned who we are through the Silent Hill reveal. Um, and, and they were like, so here's a couple games that we've worked on that we've won awards for, uh, just to kind of give you an idea of what we've done before. And they like posted links to the games and they have won awards. So like they're trying to tell people like, Hey, we're not just like 
people trying to cash on Silent Hill. I, I can't imagine the companies that are actually yep. making the games want to make bad games. That's what I've been saying. I'm like, I'm yeah. hoping Konami just picks some devs and keeps their fucking hands off it. And the devs are like, we want to make a cool sound. Like, they're giving us the fucking green light. Let's make a good Silent Hill game. Yeah, I mean, the, the biggest issue, you know, we saw back when there was, you know, game development coming out of Konami First Party Studios was like, you know, Kojima is a bit of a, like a perfectionist. And so like the games just didn't come out at the speed mm-hmm. that the person paying for the bill yeah. liked. Um, and so there was just, you know, drama there. Well, and that's why I think Kojima productions is perfect for him to have his own thing. Right. Cause, cause he, it's his money at yeah, this point. Exactly. Well, Sony's money initially, but it, yeah. it's his money. Um, with this, you know, I'm sure they go, here's how much money, we're willing to put into this yeah. and people have agreed to that at this point. I think it probably could be a healthier relationship for everyone involved. We'll see. This is hugely speculative. Yeah, so, for sure. Um, that being said, from what I saw when, when I watched um, this, um, the, the Asian themed one um, had a pretty cool vibe to it actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, and looks promising. So yes, yeah, what everyone's talking about. Yeah. Um, which is really interesting. Silent Hill F. Yes. Which is a weird name. But uh, yeah, that one's really interesting looking too. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of been the thing I've been saying for a while. It's like, he's got to hope that they get the dev that wants to make the good Silent Hill and they don't get hindered by Konami to make that good Silent Hill. Um, because they even said in that video, which I thought was really interesting, they said every year we get people asking us if they can make a Silent Hill. And we finally have decided to do it. And I believe that. I guarantee there's all sorts of devs out there going like, hey, can we make Metal Gear Solid? Would you let us make Silent Hill? Yeah. Castlevania? You got all these brands that all gamers love. Like, can we just make that for you? Like, And there's like, nope. Well, nope. The, nope. the people working in these fields grew up with these games, too. Oh, 100%. They played yeah, these are legendary yeah. games. <laughs> so. Yeah. And Silent Hill, not only do people devs want to make those games people fucking want to pay for those games so like business wise too it's like hey konami you're gonna use that property we'll make it and they're like nope instead of occasionally tweeting out a t-shirt that you're putting up for sale dude when the when the fucking uh blue box or the fuck uh shit was happening yeah they were no nowhere to be seen here uh with their game abandoned or whatever when that was turning into like this big conspiracy theory at the same fucking time, Konami came out and they're like, we're selling Silent Hill merch. Here's all these shirts and skateboards, all sorts of shit you can buy for Silent Hill. And everybody's like, why? And it's and now in retrospect, it's like they were just like, people are talking about Silent Hill. Let's sell some shit. Yeah, exactly. It's fucking wild. What it was, but it looked so. weird because everybody's like, are you guys making Silent Hill? And it's like this big fake thing. And they're like, no, we're not. We swear. Stop stop getting crazy on us. And then Konami's like, Silent Hill stuff. And they're like, what the fuck? What, what's the connection here? It's really weird. But no, yeah, it just looks like Konami shameless. They always have been. Um, <laughs> and so is Activision. So I mean, yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Konami is the EA Activision of uh, Japan. Um, anything you want to add to that? We just kind of went off on a lot yeah, of stuff. I mean, I kinda that's what Eagle Border does. Apparently, something. he says something. We start talking about other shit. Well, he's got a paragraph there instead of a sentence. Yeah. So yeah, uh, nothing him against and, the sentences. Him and writer, dude. Yeah. I didn't actually have anything to say to Ryder this time. It was rude. definitely it was definitely more directed towards you, I think. Fucking rude, bro. Eh, 
I just, I don't play as much Wait, stuff as you do. Read so. more. Edit. Forgot to say that F looks the most promising while the J.J. Abrams series can flush itself down the nearest toilet five minutes ago. Yeah, that guy gets way more hate than he deserves. Yeah, I can see that. But also, um, what he did with Star Wars was okay. Um, I don't know. I, I think how most much of that like, was him and how much of that was. Uh, I don't I don't surface. I don't even want to talk. We're already talking about Konami. I don't want to talk about Star Wars. <laughs> this is going to be a real negative fucking uh, tasty cast. Yeah, people like um, But uh, yeah, see, even he's saying the same thing. Silent yeah. Hill F looks promising because it, it's it, fresh. It, it's interesting. It has a cool look to it. It's sure. not just trying to be like everything's rusty and here's Pyramid Head again. Buy it, please. And it's, you know, it's trying to do its own thing. Um, whereas the J.J. Abrams things, I kind of get where he's coming from just because, like, what's he got to fucking do with Silent Hill? Like, what are you, what are you just going to cash? Like, anytime you hear about any movie production sure, touching sure, 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 a, sure. a game, you're just like, you don't even fucking respect this. You're just trying to make some money I, off I, of it. I agree with that 100%. You know? I, I, mostly, <laughs> I know a lot of people don't really care for the guy as uh, style in movies. And yeah. I think he's a fun director. He's definitely a competent director, but um, I don't hate him. Yeah, a lot of people yeah. dislike him. Yeah, that was it. I, yeah. like, I don't, the context of him and, and Silent Hill, like, I don't have an opinion, but. Um, but that also, that project, regardless of the J.J. Abrams part, um, it's uh, Bad Robot, his production company that's helping with it, but that's the same uh, project that uh, two companies, one I've never even heard of, I forget what they're called, um, starts with a D or something, I don't remember. Uh, and the people who make Dead by Daylight, it's like four different companies are working on this project. Interesting. And they're talking about how it's like this like 24-7 always happening thing that you, there's no reset button and all sorts of shit. Um, so I don't know what that is. I feel like it's going to be like an online experience. We'll Maybe it's going to be an, an AR game like Pokemon fucking Go. But it's Silent from, Hill. You just run from Pyramid Head. Yeah, you're just like walking <laughs> around and like through your phone. It's like fog. And then, like, a- enemies approach, and you got to, like, fight them on your screen. I maybe would interact with that and see what's like, but I don't know. All right. Thank you for the comment, Ego Border. Moving on. Tom B says, Unreal is taking over the AAA industry. Silent Hill 2 looks great, but I have a fear that all those Unreal Engine 5 titles will eventually start to look generic. Kind regards, Seth. Kind regards to you, Tom. Good to hear from you. And uh, I already responded to you with this, but um, I'm like... Unreal kind of already is like the one of the industry standards, but the era of Unreal Engine 3 was interesting because there was a lot of games that started feeling and looking very similar because everyone was using it because it's the easiest to develop with. You get a game out real quick, real easy, but all games started like playing the same, had the same cover systems with the same button input, and they're all on Unreal Engine. And like, is this like so? It's a very real possibility that like Unreal Engine 5 being as exciting as it is right now, a lot of people might be hopping on board and kind of using like some basic tools that everyone else is using with it, not really deep diving into it. And it could uh, start making things look generic. Yeah, it's true. But also Unreal Engine's going to evolve over time. And people keep talking about this. I saw this talking point because um, Gotham Knights runs at 30 frames per second. Everybody's upset about that. I think it's completely fair to be upset with that because you want, uh, you know, you demand a higher standard in your gaming. It's fine. And if you're okay with 30 frames per second, that's fine as well. But because of that conversation, um, I've seen like three articles come out recently. And it's like, 
the reasons why 30 frames per second is coming back, like we're gonna have to deal with it. And their, their argument essentially is Unreal Engine 5 is so demanding and everybody's gonna be using it that because the graphics are gonna look so good, 30 frames per second is gonna become standard again. And I'm like, I think possibly, but that's it's gonna be temporary because Unreal Engine 5 is gonna be evolving, getting better, running better, being utilized better. The consoles are gonna get upgrades where they're gonna unlock their certain things and they're gonna be able to get more out of them like it seems so finite the way that they're arguing that like oh it's just gonna be 30 frames per second again it's like no none of the consoles just stick with one thing they get better over time yeah and obviously it's not an unreal comparison but like i think it's a bad argument only because like horizon um runs on two different systems well on both you have um 1080p 120 frames per second mode Mm -hmm. you have uh 4k 60 frames per second mode and then you have like ultra basically 4k 30 frames per second mode they give you all these options you can play it however you want at that point that's the right way to handle making a 30 frames per second option is like mm-hmm. you want it to look the best as possible. It's fine. You can only play 30 frames per second. If you care more about the speed 1080p, you know, you one twenty frames or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, the options are nice and 1080p isn't, um, irrelevant either. So like, mm-hmm. uh, I know everyone, you know, big, again, bigger number, better, right. And 4k mm-hmm. it's technically better, but like yeah. 1080p is not bad. Yeah, we're not at that point, and plus the human eye can only go so far, right? Yeah. So, um, talking about frame rate, and even visual stuff, like a yeah. lot of that's just like art direction and stuff, really. Anyways, not to get too into that because well, I mean, Nintendo makes a good case for that. It's obviously it's obviously not as good looking, but they make some pretty clean, good looking games. Sure, with way less um, technology. At this but point. that being said, um, with Unreal, the the big thing I, I I'm taking away, um, and I don't make games, so I can only really speculate, but. When you brought up the Unreal 3 thing, Unreal had less tools, uh, and like the showcase game for that was like uh, Gears of War, right? If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. For that engine. This time, it's like uh, there's so many extra tools and, and like things available, and they really have this emphasis on like plugging in things that they really just want you to be able to make your own whatever at all times they have stuff obviously if you want to take shortcuts but these big companies shouldn't be doing that yeah um and there is a possibility i'm not saying it's not impossible but i think it's less of a concern than i would have had two engines ago i think i just think it's a way more um robust tool Mm -hmm. set that um unless people are literally stealing from each other i don't think you're gonna really run into too much of that so yeah yeah, it's a good point that that there's more stuff available, and with like uh, was it Quixel and other things where you can scan in uh, things from real life into the yeah. game or whatever. It allows an easy way to just make more in your game easier and faster. So, yeah, but it, I mean, it's I think it's a fair concern too because we have seen it I, as yeah, an example. I, I, too. I don't think it's an unfair concern. I just you think. Know. I wouldn't think about it too much unless you start seeing it happen. Yeah, for sure. Um, I agree with that. One thing I want to bring up there real quick because you mentioned it with uh, Horizon Forbidden West is when people are talking about graphics and the way things run, uh, I see an argument a lot on Twitter where people say, well, it's unfair to compare this to that because that's an open world game and this is a linear game. It's a linear game. Of course, it's going to look better. And I'm thinking like Horizon Forbidden West is an open world game. 
And it's fucking and has tons really, of options. Really good looking. Runs really smooth. Um but again, it's not like a, a city with like densely packed roads, people driving and walking around, stuff like that. So there's a case to be made there. But um I don't know. I feel like there's a lack of understanding how uh and I'm not like an expert on it, but I know a little bit about it. Um lack of understanding on how like things are rendered and graphics work and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean really at the end of the day with the Gotham Nice thing, that dev made a conscious decision to use that frame rate. They didn't have to. They chose to. They could have lowered things down a little bit and increased the frame rate. They could like Well, and there's some pretty interesting pictures uh side by side of um the last Arkham game next to Gotham Knights and it looks better than Gotham Knights and that came out a long time ago. Yeah, so this is just dev problems. It's it's not a, a matter of um I think uh, in, in an argument of that article, I should mm-hmm. say. Um 30 frames per second doesn't have to be um, the standard. And I don't care. I'm not like so nitpicky about it. I don't think you're in the wrong if you care, though. Mm-hmm. Um, I, if as long yeah, as that's game, where I'm at. Yeah, like when people are like, it's fine, it's fine. But there, dude, that whole situation is so fucking annoying because, like, if you're cool with the 30 frames per second, awesome. I'm not going to be like, well, you should fucking want more. But then when people are like, it should be 60 frames per second, and people are like, why, why does that make it a bad game? They're like, whoa, 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 whoa. No one says a fucking bad game. Yeah, that's an extreme uh, assumption to make. Well, that's a fucking derailment. Yeah. You're just trying to fucking straw man them because it's it's easier to attack that argument than to fucking actually talk with what, what they're talking about. And so I'm like, this this happens so often too. I'm like, this conversation is just not working because people aren't being fucking honest with each other. Like the game should be 60 frames per second, 100%. If you want to play without that, that's fine too. But like anyone who demands that or wants that and doesn't want to buy the game off of that, that's fucking fine too. Like both are fine. Yeah, it's your money. You can do whatever but the fuck I you want. But I agree it should be 60 frames per second. The standard has been made in other games that look better do it. So fucking this is just on that dev. Yeah. And you can buy it or you cannot. Um, but when people are doing that, some some uh, dude who works uh, for some big dev, I forgot who it was, I saw on Twitter. He's like, so, so when did... 30 frames per second make games bad. And I almost wanted to type to him. I'm like, I'm not going to waste time on Twitter. But I'm like, literally no one made that argument. Yeah. That it's bad. No one's saying the game's bad because of 30 frames per second. There's bitching because... I think... Go ahead. There's bitching because this affects gameplay. Especially when you've been playing 60 frames per second games for a while and you go back and play a 30 frames per second game, it feels like it's fucking lagging. Sure. Sure, and sure, you, sure. Get, you get used to it, but people don't want to. Yeah, yeah. So... um yeah, it's all it's all just preference and what you're willing to to play. But when people are like, "Why does that make it bad?" It's like, "What are you not hearing, dude?" Well, I, I think the I think the larger problem there, and this is outside of uh, this is just sorry, gaming. Tom B. We're we're just talking at yeah. this point. Uh, well, I mean, it it came up because of it, so yeah. uh, they they heard something, and instead of like thinking about what the person said, they everyone's so ready to be defensive mm. that um, instantly like just heard something that was meant to be uh, that or heard something in a way that was interpreted as like an attack, which wasn't what it was the case at all. Yeah. So uh, I think that's just unfortunate because no, like you said, no one's saying 30 is bad. But you shouldn't be mad that people want to expect something that exists already as well. 
um, especially for console players who've gone out and bought this box that's supposed to be the next step. They don't want to. They, they don't want a point five system. It's a next system. They want. Yeah, they want that jump. Well, it's like if you if you have been watching movies or gaming at four K for a long time, and someone gives you a game that was built for a resolution for like a CRT monitor from back in the day, and you look at it and you're like, the text is too small. The resolution doesn't work correctly. And you're like, well, why does that make the game bad? It's like, well, no, hold on. That's not even what we're talking about. Why Why does it look like this? Yeah. I'm sure the game's fucking fine, but why'd you do this? Yeah. It's the same thing with this. And they talk about the tether thing. They're like, um, you know, this is an untethered experience. You can literally do different missions across the city. Sure. That's fucking cool. That is cool. Have the graphics drop to where they're at when they join like that. And then have the graphics pop up or go to 60 frames per second when they're not joined then like find a compromise, but they didn't do it anyway. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter. I just think that the conversation is annoying because people are just talking past each other. They're like, if you like 30 frames per second, you fucking suck. Well, if you want 60 frames per second, you just think the game's bad. And it's like, no. Well, and in this case, right? Like why didn't they just come out and say, we couldn't do 60 frames for these reasons and just provide the reasons that they couldn't, not that it can't be done, but they in yeah. their product could not manage that, right? Just be honest with people. It's fine. Most people, they still might be bummed out about it, but if you're honest with them, they're, they're not going to get mad. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's just annoying though when people like, you know, don't want to buy the game because they want the 60 frames per second and people are like. That's their choice. Trying their to money. defend the dev on it. And it's like, no, no, no. It's like someone comes into a place like, hey, can I get vanilla ice cream? You're like, we only got chocolate. And you're like, well, I don't like chocolate. I'm not going to buy that. And you're like, well, what the fuck's wrong with, why are you doing that? Why aren't you buying, like, yeah. because they don't want it. <laughs> like, right, right. It's fine. It's just, it's, but people are fucking defensive. Well, so. sure. Like, I don't, I don't play competitive games, but I never sit there and go, fuck those games. Like that's, yeah. that's but, but a lot of people do. People are just so sure. I just go. I don't want to put my money in that in that mm-hmm. in that exactly. pot because it's not it's not doing me any good. Yeah. Right. So it's like Overwatch two for me when people are like, "You play?" I'm like, yeah, "Oh, I'm, I have multiple reasons on that yeah, one." I'm not, but I'm not. I'm not the Overwatch guy. Anyway, that was a that was a fun conversation. Thank you, Tom B. Hopefully, you got something out of that. Um, what we talked about in Real Engine Five. So, and then last we got uh, Jay Laber Laliberte Laliberte yeah. uh, saying Annapurna did stray. Annapurna's working on one of the Silent Hill projects, and uh, I think they're the ones who the dev under Annapurna is the people who said they've made award winning games. Yeah, but do you know which Silent Hill project? Uh, I forgot all the project's names outside of um, uh, Townfall. I think it's Townfall they're making. Okay. Which actually had a pretty cool teaser trailer. It just showed like waves on the ocean hitting the beach, and then it turned red, and then it showed a radio. Uh, but on the screen of the radio, it showed all these blips, and one of them looked like a first-person shot. So I was like, is this like their attempt at the PT we never got? The fucking sound we never got? But that's the one I believe the Annapurna and the dev under them that's making it um, is making. Gotcha. And so um, I talked about it in that video, and uh, and Jay's saying that Annapurna did Stray, which Stray was cool. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I was just trying to connect the dots. Connect stuff, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, Stray, Stray was a blast. It's one of the few games I sat down and just kind of 
beat. I bought it on PC. I, yeah, I think yeah. in two sittings beat the game. I and, beat it in two sittings as well. And I I uninstalled it not because I hated it, but you know, I'm done. <laughs> so it's cool too because I've asked a couple people, um, what game of the year uh, do you think? What would be your game of the year if it wasn't Elden Ring? And I heard a bunch of people say fucking Stray. And I'm like, interesting. I'm like, that's cool. I ha- I loved it. It was a good experience uh, game for sure. Um, it's a know. unique experience. Like you don't play as a cat in mini games. So well, there's actually a story being told through the whole thing too. That is actually pretty decent. Um, yeah, it was it was just a cool project, and I'm I'm glad I was able to experience it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'd say game of the year material, but it's definitely probably one of the like the better games I played this year. Yeah, so it was cool to experience that on my Steam Deck as well. Like as a test, yeah, to be play a good place to, to play it. Yeah, that's how I played it. I played, I played it with a controller, there. so yeah. yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, it worked great. Yeah, it was cool to like. I just got my Steam Deck, and I was like, Stray just came out. Let's fucking let's go, and it was cool. So yeah, yeah. So good point, Jay. Anything else you want to add to that? No. All right. Well, thank you for the comment, Jay, and thank you for the comments, everybody. And uh, comment again, and we'll do this again on the next Tasty Cast. Make sure to put in hashtag STLG, uh, unless I read all the comments like I did here, because I'm just excited to have comments to reply to again. But ooh, that's going to do it for this episode of Taste Cast, episode 175. Yep. Uh, as always, thank you for watching. Make sure to like and subscribe. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to check out our other episodes. Uh, check out our socials and streams link down below. Check out my TikTok link down below. Check out our Discord link down below. You can talk to us anytime, all the time. We're on iTunes, Spotify, and other podcast platforms if you prefer to listen to us in audio form. And we have a Patreon if you'd like to support the channel more than liking, commenting, sharing, and subscribing. If you're brand new, stay tuned. I think we're going to try and do a Jackbox stream uh, in the coming week or weeks. We're going to hammer out the details on that, but it'd be cool to do a uh, uh, interactive stream with the community. We haven't done that in a long time, and it's about time we do it. So, I have um, a tablet now, so it'll make it easier for me. <laughs> for sure, yeah. And uh, if you're curious, you don't know about it, uh, Jackbox, you don't have to own the game. I stream it. You guys get a code. You can play off your phone or whatever the fuck. Um, so uh, we'll let you guys know the details when that comes up. But it'll be fun. I heard Jackbox 9 is out or coming out. I have 8. I haven't played it. So we'll have some stuff to I'm do. Sure we barely played 7. So Yep. And uh, also stay tuned. i got to figure out why I can't upload shorts. But I've been doing TikTok. Check it out. Um, but uh, I'm putting that content there, and I hate that I'm not putting it here. So I might start putting it here once I figure out how to upload shorts. So you guys are getting uh, content. I don't, I you know, this is home base. I don't want you guys to have to go somewhere else to watch stuff. Uh, you know, that I could be putting here. So yeah. uh, everybody's doing shorts. It looks like YouTube's moving in that direction. I was hesitant. I wanted to do it, but it looks like they're going to be adding a tab soon. Uh, where at least on mobile, it looks like they're trying to separate. They're going to separate it, which is good. That. Uh, videos and live streams actually heard i saw an interview with mr beast talking about he's like he's like they need to separate they need to fucking tap i'm talking with people on youtube like and i'm like if he's talking with them like cool like that post essentially he was the top comment saying about time okay and then ludwig was under him too yeah when i heard him say yeah. that i'm like okay good like so, like he's like the biggest dude they're gonna listen to him so yeah. i anyway long story short um i probably will start putting shorts up here um because i do little quick blips that i don't want to do like a full 10 minute video on uh, over on TikTok when it comes to like news and stuff. So you guys should get that as well. Yeah. So I'll figure that out. Look forward to that. More content, more things for you guys to watch and interact with us. But uh, yeah, I've been Seth. This has been Chevy. Thanks for joining me, Chevy. Thank you for joining me, everybody who watched. And until the next one, have a good one, guys, and take it easy.